you're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. bunch of kaiju action this week on the fake nerd podcast this is episode 145 to all of you two one fifty um do 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 ryan giant, i'm a giant monster all out battle attack monster ryan james eliopoulos screeonk to you get the james out of there i'm a godzilla you if you say if you call me james again ben praster screeonk to you <laughs> oh what oh that's actually pretty good yeah, he does. I, he does the he does the '98 Godzilla uh, roar really well. Yeah, I, I try. I used to do the back before my voice changed. I was able to do the sound effect yeah, yeah. decently. And uh, Sparks, to you, thank you, Sparks. Screonk to you. Screonk to you. Yeah. Screonk, everyone. Skryonk. Wait, can I do my best, Ghidorah? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not Odin. For those, it's spelled that way. Yeah. For those of y'all who don't understand, the onomatopoeia, which is the sound effect for Godzilla, is Screonk. How they got that? We'll, has been, we'll never know. Has and the, been and, since Marvel. And for Ghidorah is hurrah! hurrah! <laughs> He's just super excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Three heads going hurrah! Hurrah! <laughs> I want the re-edit of the King of the Monsters trailer with Ghidorah every time he opens his mouth going hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, all right. So how how are you guys? How was your week? It was uh, it's pretty good. Man, good. I, I feel like I did a lot of stuff this week. What about you? What did, did you? Do? I don't know. Oh, I, uh, uh, well, what I remember doing with you is we watched Doom Patrol. We did. We started Doom Patrol. Uh, we watched two episodes? Yes. That show's freaking great. Yeah, that show's really good. Like, really, like, no no offense to the CW shows. No. I think it's way better than all those shows. Uh, It's better than Titans 2. Oh, yeah. 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 This is, like, like, like Netflix uh, level real This is not the same style of show, but Legion quality. Yes. It's very goofy. Yeah. And very in-your-face and raunchy. Uh, In in a non-spoiler way, like, in episode two... There's just this part where Brendan Fraser and his robot man body is running around and swearing at a donkey that he's trying to catch while Cyborg just watches baffled. <laughs> a donkey is a essential plot Doom point. Patrol. It's like, yeah. d- just, you gotta. <laughs> Al- Alan Tudyk is like the narrator. Like, I didn't know how much he's in the show. He's in the show He's like, he's, the, he's in it a lot. It's it's fantastic. Um, We watched another D show, but a different universe. Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, I started Daredevil season three because I finished Iron Fist season two. Tell me how you, tell me how you feel about Iron Fist. I really liked it. Thank um, you. I'm so glad. I understand now. I'm glad you didn't spoil it for me. I appreciate it. Because that's really great. There's a thing do. There's a thing about the end of that season that's actually really awesome. It's unfortunate that we'll probably never see any more of it. Right. Uh, but it's actually super great and I'm way into it. And do I'm glad s- it wasn't spoiled for me. Do we see the dragon? No. I don't care. Mm. You do care. Okay. You should. <laughs> you do care. Um, 100%. Did we watch anything else together? Uh, no, I, okay. don't think, I don't think together we did. Okay, so uh, seven years ago, a game called City of Heroes came out. Or, excuse oh. me. Oh, it shit, was, that's it was right. Canceled. It was canceled. The game came out in 2004. <clears throat> so I played it from 2004 into 2012, uh-huh. almost every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I was trying to figure out the best way to explain this to you guys that would make sense how important this game was to me and how... The, the reason that it came back and how much it affected me emotionally. Um, like uh, Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones ends, right? But we have those DVDs. We can watch that show. An online game, if it goes away, it's done. It's dead. You can't play it again. 
So my favorite game of all time is Dead in the Water and Gone. And for thousands of people who spent their who spent their weekends, you know, playing these characters, role playing these characters, uh, it it was insane to have a comeback all these years later and seeing all these people that I haven't seen in a long time. And it was it was like so now did it come back like. It's it's a private server run by fans. Interesting. And and they have updated the game themselves. Mm-hmm. And the game is like if it were if it were out today with the updates, it's it's incredible. And like it's like a it's like a television show of my life got a got a remake. And it's it's I can't explain to you how amazing this is for me yeah. and how awesome it is because it's like it's like the, you're it's like man I can't even I can't even imagine anything for you guys like it's hard to explain but imagine like going back to college but it's like the best like all your friends coming back it's like a high school reunion it's a high school reunion but you actually want to go to it how about that <laughs> i'll say it like that uh so uh that opened my eyes and then because of that and death stranding i uh finished writing the, the ending to my comic that i've been working on for like 10 years wow <laughs> because of city of heroes and it, i was in such a good mood this weekend you, you saw some of that mm-hmm. uh and i was like wow my spirits have been lifted because of city of heroes so thank you city of heroes thank you for coming back I appreciate you. No, no question for City of Heroes. Yeah. Is it, do you have to start all over at level one? Or yeah. Is your, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, because it's not the same. It's not the company. That company's dead and gone. Yeah. They were they were sold and fired. Right. Um, but, like, all the stuff from that game is still there. And the thing I love about it is they have the mission architect where you create your own storylines. You create your own story arcs. And you create your own cutscenes. And you create all the characters in the cutscenes. And you write your own comic books. And I was doing that as a teenager. And that's what made me want to become a comic book writer. And to be able to do that again, it's really... It's really something else, you guys. It's really something else, and that's nice. that was my week. It was great. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it was wow. really amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really awesome. I was yeah. really happy that happened for you. My uh, all my free time is now gone. <laughs> I have something to do again. It's great. Ben, what about you? Uh, let's see. So I actually had I got Monday off because the uh, last Monday was a holiday. Yeah. So thank normally... you, thank you, uh, soldiers and stuff. Yeah. And um, so my girlfriend and I, we went to a wedding, and it was one of her friend's weddings, so I didn't know a whole lot of people there. But it was a really, really nice ceremony, a really beautiful venue. And uh, she got the bouquet. So now, ever, ever since she caught Congrats. it, yeah, everyone's been telling me, it's like, oh my god, you're next, you're next. Hey, Ben. Yeah. This is Fanny Magnet. No. Just saying. Fan Magnet. No. It's pretty good. Fanny Magnet. No. Yeah. What's but, funny is he can't counter that because he'd have to say his real last name on air, no. and he will never do that. No, nope. Longfellow. So from now on, don't say from it's now on, right at you. If he ever gets married, his wife will be named Fanny Magnet. It's pretty. It's not. There are worse names to have. Yeah. I I knew a guy named Tommy Peeper. Hey, it could be like your last name could be like Hole. Oh yeah, that, that should be Fanny Hole. Oh. Don's a rape. No, <laughs> that poor gentleman. That's an inside joke. Sorry, guys. Uh, anything, it, anything, entertainment? Um, Entertainment-wise, Fanny and I were getting farther and farther into Cuphead. We have cool. one more boss to go until we get inside the casino. Hell yeah! So it's just the last airplane fight that we have against this stupid robot that I absolutely despise and I want to choke hold, but I can't because it's virtual. You're gonna meet the devil soon. Yeah. Um, besides that, besides that, yesterday I was just actually productive. I woke up. I cleaned up the house a little bit finally put some art on the walls that I've been meaning to put up for the longest time. I just never had the time to do it. Very or nice. I just woke up, I was too lazy, and I didn't do it. So yesterday I was like, yeah, I'm going to be productive. But I saw Godzilla at um, an AMC dine-in last night. And I've never been to one of those, and that was one of the coolest things ever. Because, I mean, I've heard of like the dine-ins where they bring the food to you. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. But when I, we actually got there. We got there about like half hour before the movie started. They were still cleaning the auditorium. And then they're like, okay, so what can I get you? They just brought us our food, 
and then they're like, oh yeah, if you want, re refills are free, so if you want refills, just push the button, and we're just gonna bring you refills. So it was actually, I mean, it's kind of spendy. Yeah, those, di but, those diamonds are real cool, though. Yeah, it's spendy, but it's really, really cool, because especially the, all the seats, they lean back, and yeah. you're sitting in the very front row. And normally, I hate sitting in the front row, but this one's like, no, this is... But there's also like way less seats than a regular theater, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still not that bad. And also when people, because you know how some people are like, oh, I might want something in the middle of the movie. I tried to get a refill of my soda. Um, I want to say like three quarters of the way through the movie, never showed up, and I'm like, oh, okay, smart. Yeah. So that way they're not you're not constantly seeing people, or you see the servers going back and forth, back and forth, and excuse me, distributing reviews. Yeah, that always with those movie dining experiences like. The one that I, when I lived in Texas, there was one, but there were so many lights and all the servers were like constantly like bothering the movie. Uh -huh. And I was like, this is a terrible experience. So I'm glad yeah. I found a way to actually make it work out. Yeah. Because I think that's a good idea, but like, I don't want to talk to someone during the movie. Yeah. They also give you your food before the movie starts, which means you can eat it while you're watching the movie. And that's just, that's it. They stop right there. Once the, maybe they'll come in and give you stuff during the trailers. But the second the movie, like for sure really starts, that's it. You're done. No more stuff's coming out to you. Which actually kind of smart because you could still because I, I don't know because I know how some people they like wait they save their food and like the once the movie starts then they start eating down oh like me where I, sometimes I go buy candy and I just chuck that sucker down before the yeah. trailer's even finish yeah I'm bad about that too yeah I ate half my popcorn before the movie started today yeah, yeah. my red vines are gone <laughs> when the credits roll you, you had help <laughs> Yeah, it did have help. <laughs> yeah, like, I, the times I bought Reese's Pieces, I would go in there, like, my box is now gone, and the movie hasn't even also, started yet. Also, you're paying, like, double price for half the box, too. Yeah, So, sure. like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I would recommend going to a dining at least once in a while. It's a really good date night idea, but, oh, man, for two people, that was expensive. I, I mean, bet. we did get an appetizer. But... It's, like, 40 bucks a ticket. No, not it wasn't forty bucks. A ticket. Well, with food and in ticket. Well, no. So at the AMC dining, he's right. It's, it is a little, it is a little cheaper. But at the, um, I think it's a Cinemark in Westwood. I was talking about the food, not the ticket. The ticket was like twelve bucks. Okay, so the, uh, the I think it's a Cinemark in Westwood, much more expensive. Yeah. Really nice theater though. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Much more expensive. Yeah. 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 The food, the food was good. The food was good. It wasn't crappy food. It was Godzilla. It was. It was. Oh no! But I, but uh, it's definitely uh, this is that episode. It's definitely a date night. That's the thing. It's yeah. it's a it's a date night. If you're willing to, if you have some money to drop, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. But otherwise, on a regular Friday night, I would recommend it. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I guess my turn. I uh, Ben, didn't you do anything else this week? Like read something? Oh yeah, I finished reading uh Pokemon. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, the, the first Pokemon. He, he borrowed the first three volumes. The first three volume volumes. Volumes of the Pokemon manga. I finished it, and Sparks gave me the next four. Nice. Yep, that's wow. the next arc. There yeah. you go. How do you feel? I have so much more shit to read. Holy crap! At least you like manga. Oh, I love manga. Yeah. I absolutely love it. But I, I <clears> still, <throat> even when I was cleaning out my room, I still have a bunch of uh, graphic novels that I bought from WonderCon that I haven't even started reading yet. I haven't even touched them. Then add it to the list. Half of the half of the books on there. I know, I know, I know. I, I know. But Brandon, I try not to have your um thing where it's like, hey, I bought this this book three years ago. I still haven't read it yet. I'd like to try and read my stuff when I get it. I think I've read every single thing on my bookshelf. That's my goal. The yep. only eventually, eventually. <laughs> the only yeah. things on my bookshelf that I haven't read are the game of are all the Song of Ice and Fire books. Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't read all that. those. That's fine. I've read um, all the comics. Yeah. 
All right, so I guess uh, I guess my turn. Go for it. I um, didn't do a whole lot. I've been really busy this week with my car falling apart and my tooth falling out. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, for, store earlier today. For those of you who don't know, I guess my wisdom teeth just decided to chip. So um, that's fun. I got a lot of car repair coming up, too. But, I, but, you know, we try to stay positive on this show as much as we can. So I, I will say I went to see Booksmart. I went to see Booksmart this past week. Um, very good. Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Very good. I really liked it. Uh, probably one of the best of the year. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a lot of I'll fun. I'll definitely check it out. Um, I think it. I posted this on Twitter, but uh, I think if they ever ever wanted to, I, I'm not saying they should, but if they ever wanted to, I think Caitlin Dever would be a good Mary Jane Watson. Uh, don't we have a Mary Jane already? No, we have a Michelle who goes by MJ. Oh. See, I'm saying if they ever wanted to cast like Mary Jane Watson, I think it'd be interesting. I think Caitlin Dever would be a good choice. Gotcha. Um, I'm not saying they should. I just want to, you know. Count, like stop those tweets Are you come. Sony? <laughs> um, I think she'd be a good role, uh, a good fit for the role, and she, um, uh, and she fits that age range that yeah. they're all in, and they she looks about the right. Around. Like she's like early twenties, but composed as a teenager. Right. Okay. So I think I think that'd be good. Right on. Um, other than that, I guess we should get going into our episode. Tomorrow is on. Sure things. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, not in my ear, thank you. All right, then to get started, we've got some uh, miscellaneous news to deal with up top. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know Sparks wanted to bring up. Oh yeah, that uh, Stan Lee's now ex-manager. Yep, has been arrested. Yeah, he has. He's charged with elder abuse. We kind of touched on this a long time ago because I was like, hey guys, have you heard about this stuff? Because it's real weird, and we weren't getting like full clear pictures, and we still aren't. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like uh, there's it's investigation stuff, stuff yeah. still coming out. Um, but what's up is uh, Kia Morgan, who was Lee's former bin- business manager, was arrested in Arizona Saturday morning. Uh, he had been previously charged by Los Angeles County prosecutors with felony instances of theft, embezzlement, forgery, or fraud against an elder adult, and false imprisonment of an elder adult. Now, this was the guy who was using Stanley's blood for pens, right? That is one of the stories that's going around Big about yikes. like stuff he was doing was having Stanley's vials of blood kept for signing comics. Big yikes. autographs. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Uh, among the allegations, he's uh, said to have collected over $262,000 from autograph signing sessions, uh, which he pocketed wow. in May 2018. Uh, he also reportedly took Lee from his Hollywood's home to a Beverly Hills condominium, where authorities note Morgan had more control over Lee. Uh, his daughter has come out multiple times saying that he was keeping family and friends away from Stan, not letting them uh, be a part of his life and taking like hard control over him. There were a lot of weird videos that came out that Morgan was seemingly forcing Lee to control. A lot of people talked about how Stanley at the time didn't look like he was doing well. Uh, Lee was removed from Morgan's control in June 2018 when Morgan was arrested by the LAPD for making fake 911 calls allegedly performed in order to make Lee believe he was in danger. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, So yeah, according to the press, he had arranged to surrender himself this week and he now faces extradition back to Los Angeles uh, being charged with these elder abuse uh, charges. Wow. Lock him up. Yeah. This guy sounds like a monster. Yeah. Screw that guy. Jeez. It's, It's... I'm yep. glad I'm glad that something is finally coming around about like punishment for this because yeah. there were a lot of these stories going around in like the last 
two years of Stan's life, and there were a lot of people in the comic industry who were just saying, like, we just hope he's okay, we don't know what's happening, and we're yeah. really nervous yeah. and afraid for him, and they're like, this is not the way we want Stan to be living his last years, even though nobody knew when Stan was going to go, they're like, this is, you know, he's getting up there, and this is not how we want him to be living his, his, his nine years. And there was, yeah. there was a, a visible change, like, <clears throat> like, you know, I know when you're old, your, your health deteriorates, but there was a quick change from Stan the Man Lee to what he ended There was up very becoming. much like a before and after, like, you could tell. Yeah. You could tell. He was so, frail. Something yeah. something changed from active, energetic Stan Lee, who, again, the 90s, I get it, but... He's more energetic. He was more energetic than all of us. Yeah, but but when when you look at, like, him at, at his death, when, just before he died, I, I don't believe that was just he aged. Like, like the end of 2017 on pretty much when all this stuff was coming out not long before yeah uh, all this stuff about morgan and and how he was handling lee and there's his daughter a lot of friends and family a lot of people in the industry all saying like yo something is not right and there's obviously stuff that he's all it's already guaranteed that he'd made these fake 911 calls yeah it's already guaranteed uh that he was pocketing money so there's there's a lot of shady stuff going on around here and and it's unfortunate that that even I'm, happened but i'm yeah. glad that there's like follow-up and punishment kind of. I agree. I'm really glad that after his passing, like, they still went through. Like, Me too. I, I was Me real, too. I was worried, like... I was worried we were never going to hear about this again. He would just, like, get off scot-free. But, like, good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Bad that guys. Been, that would have been unfortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And then the other thing, uh, Akira Toriyama was knighted in France. Yes. Hell yeah. Akira Toriyama got a knighthood in France. Don't which, stop. Don't didn't stop. know that France could do that. I didn't either until this happened. He did not attend the ceremony because he's 64 and uh, he doesn't leave his home or Japan when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. So uh, he sent somebody in his place. Oh, nice. So he's not a person who, uh, he's very private. Yeah. He just, he doesn't show up for most things. You so guys know, the pictures uh, of him are sparse. Yeah. Yes. You guys know Groundhog Day where like if, if, uh, if Groundhog sees his shadow, it's like maybe it's a winner. Uh, he comes out of his house every couple of months uh, and he releases a new Super Saiyan form and then goes back into the wild <laughs> never to be seen again. <laughs> So Some new it, character design, and then he goes back yeah, away. Like, wow. This is Khalifa, and returns to his shack. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. This is Beerus. <laughs> yeah. But why France? Of all places. It, they why? love Dragon Ball. <laughs> Apparently. Well, can't, well, you can't be knighted in Britain unless you're, British? Uh, unless you're, unless British. you're a citizen. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and we didn't know that there was royalty in France. Yeah. Well, so there used to be. Yeah. Well, we know there used to be, but we were pretty sure they were a democratic government yeah, at this point. Yeah, like a president well, or something. Yeah, there's currently... Uh, yeah. There's a president, chancellor, or whatever. I don't know. I'm not big on. I know there's the world. If we have any France listeners, let us know how your government you works. French listeners, whatever. Yeah, but I know no listeners in France. There's still I was king, right. There's still a king of Spain. I saw a gif of the of uh, the Spanish king trying to salute the Spanish flag, but they put the flag on wrong. It was only flying by one tiny corner, oh. and his face was just like my oh. flag. He was like, oh, the flag of my country. You done effed up. More flags, more fun. He loves six flags. Oh. The king of Spain. Yeah, the official statement from the person who represented him was, Mr. Toriyama is always very grateful to his French fans who have appreciated his work since the early days of his career. Unfortunately, Mr. Toriyama almost never attends ceremonies, and so I have the honor of receiving this award in his place. He instructed me to tell you how honored he is to receive this award from your country. So do we have to call him Sir Akira Toriyama now, or can we still call no, him? No, so whenever knighthood, we talk about him, we the, just go, <laughs> The knighthood is the knighthood with France's Order of Arts and Letters. And it's just one of the long list of accolades that Toriyama has now received. Um, one of the most recent being uh, when he was nominated for an Eisner. Oh, oh cool. Good for him. Okay. 
All right, then. Well, uh, good job. You made Dragon Ball, and now you're a French knight. Go with Kara Toriyama. Thanks, bud. That's something to put on your resume. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm also, I have a knighthood in France. That, that's what he's been waiting for his entire life, 64 years of creating the biggest <laughs> anime of all time. Now I'm knighted. Now I can do what I and want. He, and he has to play it cool, so <laughs> yeah. he stays back at home, and he's like, he's just, like, out on his own porch by himself, and I'm he gets so the, re- the award from the guy who represented him. He's like, thank you, and he walks out, and he just looks at it, and he's like, I did it. It was all for this. He calls. He calls up uh, Fuji TV. Stop production on Super. Super done. Canceled. We're done. <laughs> no more. Is he married to the mangaka artist for Sailor Moon, or is that some stupid rumor I heard? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But is he married or is he not married? We'll find out in a hot second. Thanks oh. to the Googs. Also, yeah, I'm pretty sure. To... I'm pretty sure it's just mangaka. I think mangaka? mangaka artist is redundant. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Redundant. I, I don't right. want to get like. Text. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But how funny would it be? He just walk. He gets his reward from his assistant. He walks in and goes, "Honey, guess what? I'm a knight now." She, uh, he's married to Yoshimi Kato. She's a former manga artist. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked on uh, not Sailor Moon. Not Sailor Moon. She okay. worked on My Heart. She, she, she did. She was a former manga artist um, under the pen name Nachi Mikami. Yeah. Yep. And uh, occasionally helped out with Doctor Slump. Yeah, but yep. nothing big. That we know. Okay. So yeah. what? I don't know where I heard that that Sailor Moon said it was Internet. a Sailor Moon artist. Rumors, oh. my friend. Yeah, rumors suck. Oh well, that's why I asked you guys. Anime nerds yeah. who just want it to be true. Yeah, it's it's not true, guys. Speaking of speaking of Japan, uh, some Pokemon news came out this week. Did it, Ryan? Yeah. Care to tell us what that is? Uh, I'll do it. Sure. So, In the uh, form of song. Go. Well, there is a Pokemon game. No. Uh, so. Hey, you. You. That was good. Thanks. That was better than I would have okay. done. So, um. A, they, they, a couple announcements for Pokemon Sword and Shield, just like various things about the, the new Switch game came out, but also there are a couple mobile games coming out. One called Pokemon Sleep, which is a sleep app that helps you, that helps uh, like normalize your sleep patterns, but also it's like a weird meta game. Um, there's also Pokemon Masters, which is a mobile-esque game, like a lot of mobile games uh, that are currently on the market that I don't like playing. But the biggest one that I didn't talk to you about, Ben, it's called uh, Pokemon Bank. This is freaking radical. Uh-huh. Pokemon Bank is going to allow you to have all your Pokemon from Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon. Oh. Every Pokemon that can be connected to a Wi-Fi device, they're going to be in the Pokemon Bank. So you can take your Pokemon to whatever game you want. Yes! So you have a Pokemon from Pokemon Go. That's take, cool. Take it to Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Take it to the new game on the Switch. Take it to... Oh. Yes. So oh. it is legitimately awesome, and I hope they they use this for the future forever. Because no, if it's as cool as it sounds, it's no, amazing. I think I remember it's called Pokemon Bank, right? Yeah. I think I remember them talking about this. Yeah. Especially when they re-released um, the emulators for Pokemon Red, uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow, yeah. and eventually Gold and Silver for the 3DS. Yes, yes, yes. Where they said, where you can take po- there's they put in a feature in one of the Pokemon centers where you can take Pokemon from your Pokemon Bank and put them maybe not all, not all of them obviously. Yeah. But at least the ones from Rhett, from the first and second gens into um, gold and silver. Yeah, they're basically so, you can, so it'll be a lot easier to complete your Pokedex. Yeah, it's basically like cross cross platform, like PS4, Xbox type gameplay, but it's for your Pokemon. No, that's, that's perfect. Just, yeah, because you want to know one of the biggest problems that a lot of kids I remember catching kids them all. Talk, well, not just that, <laughs> but especially when a Ruby and Sapphire hit. How the hell am I going to get... There was a Game Boy Advance games. And to catch them all, you had to get all this stuff from uh, Gold and Silver and before that, yeah. which were Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. There's and no way to cross-compatible. We're up to like 800 Pokemon now or something. So oh, like... Geez. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. Cross-compatible them? Well, at least like trade them from one game pack to another game No, pack. I know what you meant. I was just... 
the phrasing. Questioning the logic of the phrasing. I get you. I got you. I'm nerding out here. Okay, shut I up. No, I appreciate it. You, you're doing it well. Uh, like I don't care about the sleep game. Like I don't care about like the Pokemon Masters. Pokemon game. Sleep game but sounds like a I don't game for understand. Me I try and sleep more. I don't understand the Pokemon Sleep game. It's uh, I I really didn't look look into it enough because the base of it was like just like did not interest me. You just turn it on. And you sleep. No, it's it's certainly more than that, but it is it is to help you normalize your sleeping patterns while using Pokemon. There are better apps. It, for... It's a it's more of a like health app than it is an actual game. How will it know if you're asleep? Oh, dude, your iPhone's amazing. It tells me exactly how many steps I take every day. It, like it knows your heartbeat and knows how when you make noises. And Only stuff. when it's near you. Yeah, it's near me all the time because it's my alarm. So you gotta turn on the app. No. I'm so I don't confused. think you use enough apps, my friend. They're always on in the background. <laughs> no, you have to tell them to be on in the background. Uh, if you, if you, because if you, because you can say, you know, always on or not. not you, a, you can have the option. My Pokemon so my Go app tells me I walk ten miles a day, and that's how I hatch my Pokemon eggs every day. My, Actually, my question. Ha- well, check that later on today. My question is, what's this supposed to be like? Nah, I'm just pretending to be asleep. Like, what about if you nap? Like, what? Brandon, this isn't for you because you're trying to find yeah. ways to you're screw tra- it over. Tra- this yeah. is for people who want to use Pokemon and sleep. I know. I don't. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't understand. I'm not trying to screw it over. Yeah. I'm try- I'm legitimately trying to understand because to me, a game like this doesn't make it's any not a game. sense. That's the thing. It's like a health app using Pokemon. Okay, so I thought it was a game. That's the, fundamentally a game where you don't maybe a game that you don't play doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, maybe we just said it wrong by saying it was a game where you don't play. It, it's it, I didn't really check it out. I just heard, saw the name Pokemon Sleep and I thought, oh, that sounds stupid, and I didn't touch it. Unlike Pokemon Go, where you actually have to go outside and do stuff, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're playing something. That's a, that's yeah. a game, and it, it does. It also connects to Pokemon Go, and it allows users to train their Pokemon while they're sleeping. It also uh, tracks the time sleeping. It brings a gameplay experience unlike any other. Uh, they haven't said what that is yet, but uh, so it is a game. It, it has the components of a game. So we'll have to, I'll have to wait and see what because yeah. they said they're announcing all the stuff later. It's just to me, play a game that you don't have to play. Doesn't make sense to me. I know that's, that's all I'm trying to get. No, I feel. What you, I know what you mean. There are many types of games. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's uh, that's that then. I was yeah. just waiting for more actual like uh, Sword and Shield like yeah. actual news, and they didn't really give it to me. It's going to be more towards E3. Yeah. yeah. So and E3 is coming soon, baby. So get ready for those news next that week. That is true. Oh my god. Oh. Wow, really? Next week? It's either next week or in two weeks, but no, it's, it's like it's, it's, next, it's next week. Oh Jesus. Well, I try, well, I try to get the E3. Uh, pre- I try to get E3 press badge. Oh yeah. Didn't yeah. Get, and because I thought it was in July, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's June 11th through something. I'm like, oh, oh Jesus, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Get ready for the news, baby. Ooh, All right, our, so it's gonna be a jam-packed episode. Well, no, we'll just do a special again, like we did last year. Oh, okay. Um. All right. Oh, yeah. So comics. We got some comic book news. Hey, this. we bought those today. Um, a new black label book. Now this one really screwed me over because uh, Stefan Sedgwick, who has a black label book coming, um, and we've been waiting to hear what that is. Uh, he and he posted this black label book. Like this sounds cool. I'm like, oh my god, did he? Did they finally announce it? No, they didn't. But this is still interesting. This looks really cool, actually. So it's it's called Joker Harley, Criminal Insanity, by Kami Garcia, who wrote the Beautiful Creatures novels, and Mike Mayhew, the Star Wars artist, mm-hmm. uh, and Mike Suyan, who uh, is the artist on Bloodshot Reborn. Uh, they're the creative team on this book. It's a black label book about Joker and Harley. Uh, they have a, syno- a, brief, a synopsis. It's a little long, so bear with me here. 
Uh, in Gotham City, where heinous acts of violence are a daily occurrence, the GCPD relies on Harley Quinn, a young forensic uh, psychiatrist and, and profiler, to consult uh, on their toughest cases. But Harley is haunted by one case in particular when she found herself at the center of a horrifying crime scene the night she discovered the body of her roommate, left with the signature of a notorious serial killer, the Joker. When a series of gruesome displays of murder appear throughout the city, the past and present collide as Harley's obsession with finding the depraved psychopath responsible leads her down a dangerous path. She must decide how far she is willing to go and what lines she is willing to cross to solve these cases once and for all. Hell yeah. So it sounds like a um a new... A uh, new take on Mad Love. A new take on Mad Love. It remi- Yeah, it reminds me of... Um... Like a lot of our generation is really transfixed on like serial killers and like mur- and like unsolved mysteries, and this really uh, serial is not the most popular. <laughs> it's pretty popular. Uh, my favorite murder. Um, this for, uh, there's also more in that article talking about how they're trying to make Joker feel more like a John Wayne Gacy or like a, 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 a what's his name Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy thank yeah. you. Like like realistic, real like real criminals. And I'm yeah. like I like the the really internal look instead of it just being a crazy Batman story. Mm-hmm. Like if this is written well enough, I really like the psychological aspects that uh, Harley will go through. Well, yeah, that's what that's what Mad Love uh, yeah. But way does. less Paul, Paul Dini cartoony. Like Well, yeah, I think I think what Mad Love tries tries to do um because it is it is an adaptation of a of a um of a TV show episode. They do try to gear it towards that that uh, demographic. Um but what they do is they they make Joker a more likable character mm-hmm. because you're seeing it through Harley Quinn's perspective and you can tell how she gets how she falls in love with Harley Quinn. So I think they're kind of riffing off of that but taking it into a darker place. Yes. I think uh I think probably it's about time. Um because they did the 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 the, new, the, new, the two origin which does a little bit of that but I don't think well enough. So I'm interested to see that mixed with mad love mm-hmm. but done well. Yeah, I uh and the fact that's black label like uh like yeah man just tell your really dark like realistic esque to- yeah. story of Mad Love I'm like I'm totally good. I'm cool with that it's probably gonna get pretty gruesome too yeah I believe this book is out um October second and oh, it's a, just over Halloween it's a nine issue miniseries okay yeah so it's not the it's it's nine issue monthly so it's going away from the three issue bi monthly series series that they've been doing so far. So it looks like the Black Label series uh, line is starting to diversify, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Didn't they? Because we saw the comic shop. Didn't they add? What was it? Like an older book? Oh, they've no, been. What, they have been adding older books to the Black Label line, um, which is odd because one of the books I saw was Darwin Cook's DC: The New Frontier. Yeah, yeah. That, that book's kinda, not particularly. Well, that threw me off because I figured Black Label was supposed to be like mature. The, yeah, like this is the rated R stuff you don't want the kids. New to Frontier see. isn't rated R. New Frontier though. does get bloody. Yeah, but, but no more than other modern comics, comics right? Yeah, but yeah. other comics, like BVS, not BVS, that was a horrible thing. Why the hell did I say that? <laughs> well, I mean, as, um, um, White Knight was retroactively put into the, um, yeah. the Black Label. That would make sure. sense, too, though. Watchmen was put into the Black Label. Re- okay, I can see that. No, Watchmen is absolutely a Black Label book. Yeah. I mean, those are still all, like, mature books. Like, I don't... It's, New it Frontier doesn't look like it fits. You're right. Yeah. Um, but, they are, but they do look like they're diversifying that line with this, um, so it makes me wonder what... Um, three jokers will be doing when we ever hear more about that i mean yeah. jason Fabok still talks about it on twitter all the time so that book is coming it's coming yeah sparks what do you think about this guy uh honestly it's like will i read it i don't know sure that's that's kind of where i've gotten to with some of these things anybody... i'm like yeah i need ideas but like am i gonna read it i don't not soon have honestly. anybody have any of us read beautiful creatures 
No. I don't think we're... I don't read many books in general. <laughs> sure. But, I'm not going to read a young adult book. But I do remember seeing the trailer for the movie and telling you it was going to be a bad movie. I mean, that's no guarantee the books were bad. That's very, very true. Um, not, very my, true. not my thing. I don't know, dude. It was just, was Jeremy Irons in that movie? He that, was. Is that that one? And Emmy Rossum. And Emmy Rossum, you're right. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yes. And um, uh, Speed Racer. Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Wow. Yeah. yeah wow. 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 All right. Anyway, so um, hopefully she didn't write the movie. <laughs> and we're looking for good things. Yeah. Um, yeah this is not her first it could be, comic. It could though. be cool. This is not her first comic either. So. Yeah, it sounds oh, okay. it sounds interesting. I uh, just mm-hmm. per- personally probably won't get to it for a long time unless I hear like, you have to read this. I'll let you know if it's like absolutely worth it. There you go. So, I'll pick up the first issue. Honestly, I shouldn't put Beautiful Creatures down too much because Aragon is one of my favorite book series and that movie is god awful bad. I mean, we just book is amazing. I think, the th- I think three of us, Sparks, I don't believe you did, but... Um, Ryan, Ben, and I, we picked up uh, Last, Night, Last on Earth. Night on Earth, which is the newest Black Label book. I Last got peer pressure to do it. Let me tell you, um, so when The Walking Dead started, like, seven years ago, I used to watch it every Sunday night with my coworker, and oh. we would smoke a bunch of weed and talk about comic ideas. <laughs> and one of our ideas was to have a futuristic story where Batman, was in a, his head was in a case traveling with Superman. And it was really funny, because it has a lot of similarities to this book, and I'm like, man, great ideas. Just give it a couple years. And this no is the, yeah. the the reason why I bring it up is because this is the last time that Capullo and Snyder will be working together. Yeah, at least on Batman. At least on Batman. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like BFFs, so like I wouldn't be surprised if they do a creator own. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. That's why I picked it up because I have all their books together. So. Same. Yeah, Same. I, I, I picked it up because seeing Snyder Capullo's name together again was great. Also, the it's only um, three part book series, like three oversized issues. It yeah. wasn't that it wasn't that expensive either. No. So I figured, you know what? Yeah, I could spurge. It was normal sized comic and not magazine sized comic, like Damned. Yeah. Or um, uh, Superman <laughs> Year One. And also, oh, no, was Year One also big? Yeah. Oh, okay. And also, no advertisements for it. Oh. I, like, yeah, I flipped through it just to see if I was just to see if I wanted to pick it up, see if I really wanted to read it. Yeah. And I was like, no, I think I'll be into this. You saw the Capullo art, and you're like, oh yes. <laughs> Um, all right, speaking of DC and Batman more specifically. I like Batman. So we talked last week a lot about Tom King. Yeah, and we, uh, we, you know, speculating like what could have happened. Sorry, um, quick pause. Another book I need to finish reading is the second half of Mr. Miracle because I bought that at WonderCon. Yes, I do too. Meow. Um, yeah, we should Tom, book club it since we book club the first one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Tom King, we speculated what could he possibly have left for? What could he be talking about? The new and exciting things that he is doing. Uh, one of them, confirmed by Ava DuVernay is that he is writing the New Gods movie. With her. With her. That's exciting. It's very yeah, exciting. it is. Remember when Jeff Johns was writing the Batman movie? Uh, oh. In Green Lantern? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I'm immediately really excited. But Donny Cates is writing God Country. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's his own creative book. Yeah, Donny Cates wrote God Country. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's um, a little different. <laughs> the yeah. thing that excites me is, like, you guys you guys know how good the first part of Miss Miracle is. Hey, spoilers, the, the second half's really good, too. Uh, that book's incredible, and it, like, redefines Big Barda and Scott Free, Mr. Mm-hmm. Miracle, for our generation. Yeah. And I think DC loves his take so much. They're like, hey, we really want those characters, your characters who translate to the big screen. We don't want DCs. We want Tom King's Big Barda. Uh, and I think this is awesome. And if they make that movie way more personal and small while still having Darkseid and stuff, don't make it this giant epic battle like like a Justice League. We don't need that. Make it personal. You can you can have big and small at the same time. Like focus on maybe four characters. Well, Mr. Guardians Miracle, of the Galaxy. Big Barda, Darkseid, and, o- and Orion. Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example of you can go big by not going big. Yes. Making it personal. Yeah, right. exactly. Something yeah. like that, yeah. But like having just focus on Big Barda and Mr. Miracle 
Uh, I think that is incredibly smart, and that's not what they say they're doing, but you don't get Tom Keene to write your New Gods movie who just did a New Gods run. It, it's going to focus on them. Yeah. They're 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 your guys, and it's going to have all. It's going to have Light Ray and Dark Side and Granny Goodness and S- Steppenwolf maybe. Oh. Prequel Steppenwolf maybe uh. he, he won't look like shit. Uh, <laughs> he grew he grew into a shit monster. He grew into a shit monster. Yeah, yeah. Like Dark Side <clears throat> punched him, and then he turned into Matt's Reader. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, this is not his first um, on screen thing. He wrote for some television, so I'm not too worried about it. Jeff Johns uh, only wrote comics. Yeah. Um, he wrote um he wrote the, the best episode of Doom Patrol. Or oh. sorry, not Demon Troll. Um, he, Smallville. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Titans. He wrote the Hawk and Dove episode oh, yeah. of Titans. Mm-hmm. With Tom King or Jeff Johns? Jeff Johns. Okay. So, like, you know, they, they can translate. Was that the Hawk and Dove or the Hank and Don? Hank and Danny. Oh, Hank sorry. And... Well, uh, well, yeah, sorry. The the Hawk episode. Yeah. Well, that was the second Hawk episode. That's why I asked. Cause the... Didn't you write both? I'm not sure if he wrote Hawk and Dove. Because okay. that's why I'm saying. Because uh, the Hank and Don was the one you and I watched recently. That's the good one. That the was really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, he wrote that episode for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sparks, didn't yeah. Jeff Johns also write the JSA episodes of Smallville? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, because those were like the best, ep- my favorite episodes of Smallville. Hey, yeah. you want to ever, ever do a JSA movie if I say get Jeff Johns? No one has more respect for legacy characters than you know Batman. What? I would agree for that. Yeah. As much as Jeff hearing the words Jeff Johns writing a movie kind of freaks me out a little bit because Valley Green Lantern, but... I'm okay with that. After our Mark Guggenheim interview, I, I don't blame any right. one person on yeah. Green Lantern. That's a collective yeah. fart. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to add, or should we move on to the other I just, I, Batman section news of the week? I just uh, This seems to be more of a trend of getting Kong with people into the movies. Um, even if it's just like consulting like Bendis did for the first part of the MCU. Like, uh, it's smart. Or Bendis did for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. executive producer. Yeah, 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 okay. Well, it makes sense. He made Miles. Yeah, yeah. So you know, having I think uh, having comic book creators consult is really is is really good. Um, jury's still out if it's a unanimously good idea to have comic book writers write movies. Um, Rip Remender wrote most of Deadly Class, the TV show, mm-hmm. and that is real exceptional. Good. Real good. Exceptional. Yeah. Uh, the, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. They, oh, got a point. Yeah, the yeah. TV show format, I think, is a lot easier to tr- from comic comic book writers to yeah. do because uh, it's, it's the same type of format. It's a serialized format across long form storytelling. You don't have to. Joss Whedon it. wrote Avengers. Joss Whedon did write Avengers. Yeah. Um. So it can be done. Yes. So we will see. Uh. All right. So moving on. It sounds like. In Deadline, Deadline Variety, everyone is reporting that it is now official. I, I mean, I haven't heard anybody say it isn't yeah. official now. Yeah. Uh, that after and after it happened this week, because they were going in for screen tests and they were doing things, um, that is now official that Robert Pattinson is our new Batman. Cool. Pattinson. Pattinson. Cool. So, Robert Pattinson. Cool. So I re-listened, or I listened to you guys when, you, when this news first broke. Sure. And Sparks, you were 100% right. Don't sleep on Robert, Pat- on Robert Pattinson, because he is a good actor. And... Because I have been seeing stuff online, and I have been hearing people talking about, it's like, oh, that lame, sparkly, I don't want a sparkly Batman. I'm like, oh. I remember 11 years ago, too. Casey. I For love real, talking though. to Casey Casuals, but sometimes I hate talking to Casey nah, Casuals. Yeah, because he that person is more than just a stupid role. No, nah, no, we we talked about this. Like, and also for some reason he he is relegated to Twilight Man. Yeah. When so many other actors have and, been have done shitty movies and moved on. Yeah. And I, like, remember Batfleck? Remember Heath Ledger? So many people were giving him shit. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a fair point to bring up. Is like let's not remember when Ben Affleck was cast either. Oh yeah. yeah. Even Brandon was against it at first. Oh, yeah, like you were. there was a weird amount of gatekeeping when mm-hmm. it comes to Batman casting. 
To be honest, I think that everybody would be rioting about Joker if it wasn't um, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix in the role. Mm-hmm. I think everybody like respects him enough as an actor that nobody's gonna complain about it. But yeah. like, also, almost nobody could have stepped into that role and not gotten flack and like lambasted until yeah. people saw the final product. I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of the few people who could. And also, he said multiple times it's not gonna be a one and done. He's not in it for the long haul. It's just a one and done yeah. movie. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But there's a weird amount of like overprotectiveness when it comes to a lot of the Batman roles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I I think we need to let a lot of that go. Oh yeah. And especially like Matt Reeves is behind this. Yeah, I have is. no reason to doubt his judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I've seen enough of Robert Pattinson to know better. But like even regardless of that, just. Let let it happen. Don't judge him on like the oh. one thing that you know of because you didn't watch any indie films. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually, I, I went the same way. I was good. To, I went at Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck when he got cast, I I was like, you know what? I know it's Ben Affleck and there's a lot of stigma sadly attached to his name, but he's a diehard Batman fan. I'm like he he's got a, he's got it. For Robert Pattinson, I'm gonna do the same thing. He's not. I don't know if he is a big Batman. Fan, Doesn't matter. But he's an actor. He's an actor. He's gonna do the best. I assume he's gonna do the best he can do. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see what this guy's got. Yeah. Not only, not only that. I, I not only is this, like, don't judge him just for that. Uh-huh. I think Robert Pattinson is uh, underrated and very talented, mm-hmm. and that he got just washed to the side because of Twilight. Of course. And so he's like, he's been doing a lot of indie products, but he hasn't been getting his due as an actor. I am glad that he's getting something like this to Same. come back into the light. And you got, you also got to realize, you know. Like Ben, unlike Ben Affleck, or unlike Joaquin Phoenix. Well, no, like Joaquin Phoenix. This is a good example. Like Joaquin Phoenix, Robert Pattinson wouldn't have done this if there was something in the script that he was atta- that he was interested. They are in. both like very artistic. Robert Pattinson. You know how yeah. much money Robert Pattinson has from the Twilight films. I, saw, I was talking about it last week. He yeah, doesn't yeah. need to do a movie ever again. He right. has like what truckloads of it. It's, it's, I mean, as long as as long as he's not like Nick Cage and spending it like crazy. Why do you never see Daniel Radcliffe in a big budget blockbuster? Because he can do whatever he wants. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the same type of thing. So he doesn't need a blockbuster. Hell, he for years didn't want a blockbuster. Daniel Radcliffe is doing a TV show with Steve Buscemi on TBS. I just want to yeah. remind everybody yeah, that that's happening, is. and he can do it because yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't. He only does what he wants to he do. Wants yeah. to do it. Yeah. I'll be like. Sure, budget, why not? Frankly, I wish more actors would be selective and not feel like I've got to stay in the limelight, Bruce Willis, and uh, be more selective with their scripts you know and everything. know that this is a real thing? Bruce Willis is Batman, yes. Bruce Willis will not shoot for more than one day on small movies. Yeah, I've known wow. that. Any movie that's not like a diehard or like a huge million dollar thing, he will show up for one day. Only one day. Yeah. To be in your straight to DVD movie. I've heard that. I watched a video of like seven different straight to DVD movies where he shows up for one day. Wow. And he's in the entire movie. Wow. Yeah, they, wow. They, they sell you on Bruce Willis, man. It's terrible. Wow. He does not care. No, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, anyway, th- I think this is great. I'm one, I've been 100% I'm for really this ever excited. since this came around. And it, look, the proof is in the pudding. Like, wait until the, the, the yeah. darn thing comes yeah. out. I'm sad to say, like, when I first heard Robert Pattinson, of, it was that stupid clickbait article of Twilight Actor is going to be Batman. And then I just I cringe, but I'm like, no, wait, stop doing that. I'm trying to get out of that habit of looking at clickbait articles and it was having my emotions go based off that stupid clickbait. They're trying article. to trigger yeah. you. It yeah, was, of course they are. It was Ben Affleck that did that for me. You know, you remember? I'm sure you remember the text I sent you once you told me that Ben Affleck was Batman. Um, I think it was just all caps, if, uh, the F word. Right. Um, so I was just kind of like, uh, after that. And after realizing how dumb that reaction was, I decided, you know what, just 
I've been happy with the casting for DC movies. I like Henry Cavill. I like Brandon Routh. I, um, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Um, Levi. Yeah, yeah, Zachary but Levi. Like, but like, I'm talking like before Jason Momoa. Before mm-hmm. Ben Affleck uh, was signed on, like all. If you guys notice, it's only Batman because because he oh, Ledger, oh, yeah, that's Ledger, what I'm saying. Ba- ben no, that's what I'm saying. I There's know, a weird. Stupid. There is a weird gatekeeping mentality about Batman roles, and I I can tell People you like care about Aquaman when they changed we, him. We were we were not as involved in all of this back then. I'm sure for all of us, but like go all the way back to Batman Begins. People didn't like Christian Bale for that role either. Too thin, too thin. Yeah, they didn't like him for that either until right. the movie came out. Yeah, they didn't like him for that. They didn't like. Uh, they didn't like. Uh, what's his name? Cillian Cillian Murphy. Cillian that... Murphy for Scarecrow. Yeah, for yeah. Scarecrow. They didn't like him either. Yeah, so you know, like I realized at that moment that I really, and actually it led me down down a bad path because when Jesse Eisenberg was cast as Lex Luthor, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna wait and see. He is bad. <laughs> he is bad. Yeah. He's, he that was is, like for the same movie. You were like, he's objectively all right, bad. I need to lay off on Jesse Eisenberg. I was too hard on Ben Affleck. And I'm like, no, you're missing the, you got your wires crossed <laughs> yeah, on yeah. this one. Here, but here's the thing. He saw the movie. He came out as like, you know what? Ben Affleck was great. I feel bad saying all the bad things. But now that I saw Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, I don't like him as Lex Luthor. Granny's peach tea. Oh, oh. On that note, why don't we get off the topic? Well, actually, I have one more anecdote to this. I love Go ahead. Since uh, like Sparks, you said weird Batman gatekeeping. Isn't it funny how a lot of people get all up in arms about Batman, yet it doesn't feel like Detective Comics 1000 hasn't gotten any of the limelight since I was talking to you about this. Like, yeah, you and I were talking about uh, this in the car. Superman 1000, sorry, uh, uh, Action, Action 1000. 1000 had, like, he was huge. Yeah. Detective, I feel like, kind of just passed. Hell, even, yes, absolutely. Uh, even people that who I follow on Instagram who never talk about comics at all, yeah. they put up stuff as like, I got Action 1000. And they are huge Batman fans. Sure. The second I heard about Detective 1000, I'm like, okay, cool, you, let's do this. And, and then, it's opposite with silence. It's opposite with actors. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, a, a big part of what it is is there. there's a lot of Batman oversaturation. Yeah. That's yeah. just what it is. There is not a lot of oversaturation of Superman right now. So when that momentous thing happens uh-huh. that's a lot of people that's a lot of people who like used to like superman being like i have a reason to care about this right now yeah there is so much batman all the time that's true that detective comics 1000 is like yeah that's really great but like there's so much batman all the time batman's on titans batman's got a teenage mutant ninja turtles animated film mm-hmm. batman's, batman's got like six comics batman's yeah. got three great playstation games He's right got- there's so Batman's many three got, black label books. Batman's got a Lego movie. Yeah, like oh, it, oh, yeah, there's right, yeah. there's a lot of ba- there, Batman has Gotham, even though he's not really in it. He Joker's has Gotham. coming out. Holy shit! Three of the four <clears throat> black label books have been Batman. Yeah, yeah we that's just what one that's what I'm saying. There's there's an, uh, there's Batman oversaturation. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't even, I, you know I didn't even think about it. I'm not I'm not that crazy about like. I, d- I don't pick up as many Batman stories, honestly. Like Tom King's Detective Comics run has been a, a rare thing for me mm-hmm. because Tom King's Batman run. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, don't take Tomasi's Detective Comics away sorry. from me. Sorry, <laughs> I, I know I messed that up. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's. I messed up at the comic store today. I realize now. Um, <clears throat> did you? Miss? I sw- I swapped them out in oh, my brain. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, did you mean to take Detective Comics off? You wanted I did, to keep yeah. Tom King. Oh yeah. no, that's fine. That's why I was secretly sad that you were taking it off. No, it's. I okay. thought you were taking it off because he was leaving the book, like as a protest. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to do that. No. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's it's hard for me to care about exploring a lot of Batman things because yeah. there's just 
There's too so much, much of it. Of it. Yeah. There's yeah. too much of it all the time. Which is weird because when the New 52 started, Batman was one of the books that I was never going to take off my pole. I took Superman off, and you know Superman's my favorite. Yeah, but Superman was real shit back It then. was. <laughs> now, with Bendis, it's like, hell yeah, Superman, and I'm just so far behind on Tom King's Batman that I just need to wait to cons to pick up the Tom King's Batman run and trade for. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. will support it. I will wholeheartedly support it, but I'm just not, like, clamoring it. Like, even today, I was, like, kind of, like... Do I really want to pick up Last Night on Earth? Do I really? It's three issues, my man. Yes, yeah, You exactly. gotta support something It's sometimes. only seven bucks, too, so I'm like, you know, I got seven bucks, bucks to burn. Why not? Oh. It's only, it's cheap. Cheaper. Cheap money. Yeah. Or cheap-ish. Yeah. Uh, let's move off. Yeah, let's move sure. on. What were we even talking about? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, so we got some trailers. Mm-hmm. Three trailers specifically to talk about, so let's go by the, the smallest one, which is Jessica Jones. Uh, technically a teaser trailer, however, it did come with a release date, June 14, 2019. Cool. Um, and with a lot of a lot of profanity being yelled at Jessica, saying she's a fraud, alcoholic, narcissistic. That sounds um, right. Things like things like that. Uh, and a synopsis was released along with it. Oh, I hope it doesn't spoil season two. Uh, it does. Should oh, I? So- sorry, guys. Should uh, I say it? Well, I mean, we've seen it. <laughs> okay, well, I have. It is it is a specific thing in season two, not the entire season. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're Jessica Jones. directly. No, I I. I with they haven't there. seen season two, so I'm scared that the synopsis I mean, I is going to spoil season two. Oh. I've already read it. I don't care. Why would you do that? Because I don't care. Okay. <laughs> and you can't change him not caring. He, he's clearly never going to pick up these shows. No, I get it. All right, go ahead. Read the synopsis. All right, so it says, When Jessica crosses paths with a highly intelligent psychopath, uh, she and Trish must repair their fractured relationship and team up to take, them, to take him down. But a devastating loss reveals their conflicting ideas of heroism and sets them on a collision course that will forever change them. Both. No, that doesn't spoil anything. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense with yeah. what happened in season two. Yeah, and I want to be I want to be clear. It is not that I don't care about the series because I do like Jessica Jones and I like season one a lot. Uh, it is that I don't care about spoilers. Oh, I, 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 when it comes to this, I just <clears throat> don't care. Well, I think you'd care about spoilers more specific than that. Well, probably. I like got yeah. more specific spoiler problem. Like, I could tell you exactly how season two ended, and you probably wouldn't like I it probably very much. probably wouldn't want to know that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. This, I don't care. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, season two, season three, the last season of the Marvel Netflix shows, last season Jessica Jones. I'm sorry, when is it? June? June 14th. Oh, that's, oh wow. That's a couple like, weeks. It's E3 week. That's, <laughs> that's why I've been hammering through them. I'm like, that's, you know what? I want to be caught up when yeah, this is all done. 13 days away. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they... Um, that's awesome. I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. And you're... That's cool. All I have left is season three of Daredevil and Punisher season two. We and if actually, I don't get Punisher together, too. and if I don't have time for Punisher before Jessica Jones, I can always just do Jessica Jones and go back to Punisher. Yeah, it's not like they rely on each other. Yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, same. Um, all right, Annabelle comes home. Also released a new trailer. She's home. She's home. Trailer two. Uh, I like this trailer a lot. I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I was already sold. Um, I guess we know who the main character is, and it's the babysitter lady. Yeah, she's probably gonna die. It is uh, the Warren's ch- child, and it's the baby. It's the babysitter. Uh, uh, I like the look of the fairy man. I wish I hadn't seen it in the trailer. Oh, really? Interesting. Why? Uh, because I remember when I saw The Conjuring 2 and I hadn't seen the... The, the nun? The, no, the Crooked uh, Man? The, yes, The Crooked Man. Crooked man. And go. I preferred not seeing The Crooked Man before I saw the movie because uh-huh. that is just it's more spooky. impactful and, and freaky because I don't know what I'm ex- looking at. Yeah. Well, we did see The Fairy Man in the first trailer. I didn't, but it was never focused enough that I got a good look at it. Mm-hmm. So I never thought about it. Sure. Now I've seen it. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to see that image. And it's just like, I prefer knowing very little about mm-hmm. horror movies at this point. I'm like, if you're going to be surprised and, and like put off balance and scared or even just made tense, mm-hmm. I prefer not to have a lot of images in my head, especially if you're introducing something new to something I'm already sold on. Mm. Now, I wonder if the fairy man is the main, is the main, um, obviously Annabelle is the main, like the new ghoul, like the new, the new thing. Yeah. Um, 
So it's like the old man and Valak in Conjuring 2. And then there's another thing in that film. Like, there's the Scarecrow and Annabelle, comes, and Annabelle uh, creation, but it, we don't see that thing yeah. in the trailer. Uh, so. I, I feel like the fairy man's going to be probably just as much of a pre- presence as the crooked man. Yeah. Maybe. This feels like... Uh, like The fairy man is them trying to do just a little to get him his own movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that, actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's what they do now. The crooked man is c- coming out next year, I think. Jesus. Oh, well, oh, okay. Maybe two years? I know they're trying to get Conjuring 3 off the ground first. Too bad La Llorona and The Nun have been uh, wow, those came out bringing like that down a little bit. Less than a year apart from each other, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and La Llorona was this year, and now we're getting this this year. Two Conjuring movies in a year. Wow. Like, only in a matter of months. Well, quality over quantity well, kind I guess of thing. You know? I, I, will, yeah. I will point out, Annabelle was not, a good, was not a good film, so The Nun 2 could be really good. Are they making a nun too? Yeah, it's coming out. Oh my lord! <laughs> hey, did none I tell you, to none. did I tell you my idea for what they should do for the nun too? No. Okay, this is a great place to put it. Okay, so for the nun, you know, it takes place. You know, it's it's a prequel to the Conjuring. Still, sure. uh, it takes place in the 1950s or whatever. Um, well, what, because uh, Annabelle Creation is a prequel to Annabelle. Um, they should have the nun to be a prequel to the nun. Oh. Set it during the Crusades. So oh. the, the nun creation. Yeah. Set it during the Crusades and have it be a Crusades horror movie. I mean, that'd be cool, but they're not going to do I it. I know, but it'd be so rad, wouldn't it? Have it be about I, have it be about the summoning of Valak. I thought I thought you were going to say that it should be that the, idea's too good for them to do. I thought you were going to say that it should be their Amityville film. No, I don't think so. Oh, Valak because well, that's in, Valak. Valak is in the Amityville. That's what they that's what they implied is that Valak is the cause of Amityville. No, I think I think you should go to the creation of, of Valak, to the summoning of Valak. It's good. just weird to me if they're if they never do Amityville. Like like really. Yeah, but they that's, did Amityville in Conjuring 2. No, they referenced it, but yeah. they didn't like explore it. Do you think No, I understand because... why because it's it's overdone and everything. Yeah. Like 14 like, films. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's just weird. It's just weird because it's their most famous case. Yeah. That like we're going to get all these films about the Warrens but we're never actually going to explore the most famous thing Wait that they for were Conjuring 3 maybe. What if what if no Conjuring 3 is set after the Conjuring 2? Conjuring 2. 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Which Conjuring 2 after after just after Amityville. Uh timelines. Uh, what if Annabelle comes home how the Warrens leave going back to Annabelle comes home. When the Warrens leave, they're going to the Amityville case. I mean, cool, but that that's still not actually exploring it. That's no, just I know. Setup. I just think that'd be cool. That um, that actually wouldn't track super well, right? Because of the daughter's age. It depends on when Amityville. Well, because they're li- be. because we don't know when Annabelle comes home is supposed to be because they're like <laughs> it's a prequel to The Conjuring, which would mean it makes no sense. Yeah, no, it, it, I think you know because we see the music box very it can't heavily. Be. In the it film. can't be. It is between one and two. It has to be. Um, Jeez, Louise. Alex, a time traveler. I really like the Conjuring movies, uh, so I'm very excited for this one. They are like, I mean, this, they're, they are uh, good. Most uh, of them. I would, I would, I'll be honest. If Annabelle Creation wasn't good, I'd be really upset this was happening. Yeah. Yes, because I'd be like, wow, you now you're just like ruining the Warrens. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, Annabelle Creation was good, so I'm optimistic about this. But I'm also nervous. I'm just nervous that this could be the thing that like overdoes it. Sure. Just because it's so much crammed into this space, and there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation around like the House of the Warrens and a thing about it, and I'm like, you know, you play this wrong, and you could lose everyone on this. Yeah. One, one of the one of the scariest things about this trailer, actually, for me, is that um, they use um, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren's the senator. Um, <laughs> twenty twenty, baby. Lorraine, Lorraine Warren. Uh, they possess her voice. Oh, sure, sure. And we've never heard the Warrens in that context, in the context of that, of, uh-huh. of like in horror. They've always kind of been the comforting uh, uh, presence. So hearing like, may I speak to Annabelle coming from Vera from me? I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. 
she needs a soul yeah i thought that was real good uh ben you're a fan of the conjuring um no you will be by the the month's end my friend good luck uh buddy we're doing an episode on it shit yeah hey man you've watched a lot of horror movies you're gonna be fine i've watched like four in your entire now you're gonna watch like 10 yeah (laughs) yeah man it's a it's a quick quick turn i i I guess we're not gonna talk about curse of la llorona when we do it though no it's look i've i've seen it it, it's it's not a conjuring movie if you cut out like five seconds and it's not a conjuring movie that's a bummer like that that is how much of a conjuring film it is it doesn't it, it, and it's not good it's, <laughs> it's just like james wan coming into the frame conjuring well, what, well so okay i'm gonna tell you the connective tissue okay. i think you already did it's like the it's, priest so or the priest, oh, the, yeah. priest. Yeah. the priest is the same priest from annabelle yeah, yeah. and what he does is in one bit he's like i once dealt with a doll and now you'll never see me for the rest of the movie mm. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is a Conjuring movie. Yeah. I guess this is just as much a Conjuring movie as Shazam or Aquaman. I guess so. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because Annabelle's in both of those. Yeah. God. We don't have a guy saying it, but like, there's the doll, so yeah. I yeah, guess so. This is like a secret weird like prequel, like 30-year prequel to like a Zatanna or like a magic... Well, that's, this is Ben's thing. Holy that's, shit. That's my idea. Is it really? This is how it came about. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because that, well, that was the idea. Um, you guys gave me the idea of writing a Batman Satana story about that. Oh, yeah, Annabelle, yeah, yeah. Annabelle's right. part of I the DC just wrote films. Down, I even just wrote down, like, I to try and brainstorm ideas for a fa- medieval fantasy. So you got to watch these for research. Apparently I do. Damn, dude. You have I, to. Look, I have The Nun through The Conjuring 2. you do. You should watch it. The only reason funny. why I bought The Nun is because there was a, a gap right there. I was like, I could put that right there very easily. Need it. Yeah, which is funny because I, I want to try and write these horror stories and I don't like horror stuff. No, I don't I like my horror films, my friend, but I love going to Halloween Horror Nights and not my friend, Farm. My friend. Why am I this way? You cannot say that you don't like horror movies anymore. I'm sorry. Your favorite film of last year was Halloween. It was one of my favorite films. I mean, year. but that does... Yeah. You can't say you don't like them. You, you can like, say that you they freak it. you out. You liked It, didn't you? I did like it. There you go. Yeah. And, then I, and then I just have to get ready because... It Chapter 2. It I gotta tell you, Spark, I know Sparks heard me groan the second we saw that Real trailer. Real quick, like, I saw that trailer like three times, but I didn't notice how creepy the old lady was in the background. Neither did I. On the IMAX screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she was just like contorting in the back yeah, yeah. and just like peeking out. I'm like, that's oh, no, a sinister. I, I never noticed yeah, it. Yeah, I clocked that. that that's pretty for sure. freaky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it chapter two, baby. It looks good. <clears throat> All right. IMAX, Ben? IMAX, Ben. I've never seen a horror movie in IMAX. That, that would kill me. I have that would sh- make me poop up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of pooping your pants. Oh. Death Stranding. Oh my god. Tomorrow is in our hands. <laughs> oh my guys. god. Alright, so Death Stranding is the game we've been talking about for so long. I did not realize that it was going to be this year. Nobody did. This Nobody did. A re- a tra- a All of us thought this was going to be much later. Yeah. A trailer, an eight minute trailer was released this week a with a release date of November 8th, 2019, with gameplay. So, here's. Okay, so. Game's done. So, <clears throat> oh, can I read what Please read Kojima it. said about it? Call me Kojima-san. Um, so, Kojima posted something on his Instagram. Um, he says, he's, it's, it's a quote from him. It's not necessarily a synopsis, but it does say what the game is about. People have built walls, he puts those in quotes, uh, and, became, and become accustomed to living in isolation. Quote, Death Stranding is a completely new type of action game where the player's goal is to reconnect isolated cities and a fragmented society. All elements, including the story and gameplay, are bound together by the theme of, uh, quote, strand or connection. As Sam Porter bridges, you will attempt to bridge, quote, uh, these divisions, and it's important to put the quotes in there. It's uh, not subtle. <laughs> and in doing so, create new bonds or, quote, strands 
with other players around the globe. Through your experience playing the game, I hope you'll come to understand the game. I hope you'll come to understand the true importance of forging connections with others. Now, please enjoy the latest Death Stranding trailer. Please I, enjoy. I can't wait to die hard, man. Oh. Guys, when I, saw, when I saw that, I lost my shit. Yeah. There's a character named Die Hardman. I thought you yeah. were kidding. No. Die Hardman. That's no. Die Hard. And Nicholas Winding Refn, the director, is uh-huh. playing a guy named Hartman, and Guillermo del Toro is playing Die Man. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, Hideo Kojima is maybe the best uh, video game director of all time because he, in 1999, when the first Metal Gear came out, uh, it was the first time that cinematics were truly like in a video game. Like, truly, like, cinematic, like, Uncharted, God of War, like. It Final was, Fantasy, the yeah, it was like the truly the first time it was like filmmaking, and like he set a precedent. And the Metal Gear games, you guys know how much I love them. Mm-hmm. They are cinematic; uh, they're cinematically unparalleled in video games. And it, you've seen in this trailer, it looks very emotional, it looks very crazy. Uh, be prepared for this game to be way smaller than you can even possibly imagine, because that game is not coming out two years after it was announced, and it'd be a big game because Metal Gear Solid Five took five years to make, and that's one of the biggest games ever made. <laughs> it's huge, so. Dial down your expectations. It's gonna have a crazy story and a decent open world. The idea, the idea that we're seeing is that it is an open world mm-hmm. in America, and you, America. you you play this character going around to connect cities. Um, my whole thing is, um, I'm worried that the, as excited as this looks and this mm-hmm. does look good, I'm worried that it won't be the game for me. I, it's not going to be. That's unfortunate. I, um, it's okay. The best way I can describe Kojima and Metal Gear and Zone of the Enders, which is his, which is his mech series that takes place in space, because it's not just a Metal Gear guy. Sure. Um, they are very complicated, convoluted, very like, like almost like Godzilla Kingdom Monsters ask like insane plots with crazy weapons. Uh, but it's all realistic, super realistic. Like everything is explained with nanotechnology, and, and so there's a lot of magic, but it's all science based, mm-hmm. and it's very crazy. This is magic. This is nonsense bullshit, and it's the first time he's really been Kojima's been allowed to do what he wants. So I think it's going to be even. It's going to make less sense than Metal Gear, and and that's not for most people. I don't. I love Twin Peaks. I don't need Twin Peaks explained to me. I don't need everything explained to me. I'll tell you what. Um, well, what I will do is because again, this looks good. I would like to play it, but mm-hmm. if it's if if uh, it's not the game for me, then it's not the game for me. Yeah. Um, but when you guys play it, because I'm assuming the three of you will, will um, at one at one point at least, I know two of I'll you. I'll probably will. play it after he gives me the yes or no. At one point, you, you, I'm I'm biased. He's he's saying, I know you're biased. What I what I'm trying to say is then, um, if you can compare it to a game that you know I like. Then I mean, you can't do that right now because you, it's not, you haven't well, played no, it. Well, no, it's also a small list. Um, it's well, I'll tell you the closest game. It's it's Horizon Zero Dawn, which is the Monster Hunter game from the West, because it's using the same uh, uh, engine and the same. It looks if you've seen comparisons of the games, it looks the same. The moves the same. The grass is well, the same. What I'm saying is, uh, when you play it, yeah, and you can compare it to a game I like, uh, because uh, from this trailer, I can't get anything from this. You have not um, played a game like this before. Let me finish. No, I know what you're saying. And yeah. if you if you can do that. Then I will. You can't say that no, because you haven't played it. No, I know. But I'm telling you, Brandon, as someone who like who knows this guy's entire filmography, if 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 I don't think you would like nine tenths of it, I don't think you'll like the tenth tenth of it. But you've told me I, I might like the Metal Gear games. Did I? Yeah. Mm. Mul- multiple people have told me I might like the Metal Gear um, games. Actually, you might. It's definitely. It's just. It's. It's a type of thing where it doesn't explain anything to you, and you just have to go with it. And I, for I just don't think you're normally the type of person who's okay with that. Mm-hmm. 
and especially with Japanese video games, they it is so nonsensical, but in a fun way where you just go along for the ride. Like a Twin Peaks? You, can you explain Twin Peaks to the world? No. But it's still great, right? I mean, I, I can't. I, but you know you what I can, mean. But, but, but it's, like, it's, you can only explain it in like, the broadest terms. Yes. Uh, it, it's something where like video essays and, and years will go by before people really unearth everything in this game, much like Metal Gear. People are still finding out stuff about Metal Gear 30 years later. Uh, so I'm excited simply because uh, Kojima is a madman. And we don't have a lot of video game madmen. Truly, he's a madman, and I love it. All right, then, should we move on? Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Book Store. Can I help you find anything today? Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? All right, then, we're changing it up. You may have heard our intro in the beginning here. We're changing it up. We're doing our book club first. And we're going to do a review last. The idea was, you know, end on a higher note. Because we were all pretty lukewarm on this comic, I think is the generous way to put that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I actually like this book less after seeing the movie. Interesting. Yeah, so, this is, so this is Godzilla Aftershock. It is a, a comic book prequel to the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters and a sequel to Godzilla. I think it more closely resembles a sequel to Godzilla yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, than yeah. the prequel to King of the Monsters. Um, so let's just, around the horn... Uh, Ryan, we gave your initial thoughts already, so I'm going to skip you. It's bad. Um, <laughs> Sparks, do you want to say your initial thoughts of this book? Um, I recently reread Godzilla Awakening and Skull Island. Uh, Both of them Birth are of Kong, prequels to which, the... Uh, to tell you the truth, Skull Island, I know it's billed as a prequel. It is 100% a sequel to Kong. I don't know why they bill it as a prequel. Mm -hmm. You have to have seen the movie to enjoy that book. Weird. Weird. I don't know why they bill it as a prequel. Uh, anyway... Both of those are the tie-ins for the previous two MonsterVerse films. I think both of them are solid stories in their own right. I think Skull Island is the best of them. Uh, Godzilla Awakening does what it can with being a prequel to that movie. You can only world-build so much. Yeah. Um, and I think it does a pretty good job and has a cool art style. This uh, adds very little and doesn't develop the characters very well. And the art style, frankly, is boring. Uh, ben? Actually, I, I read this a few days ago and I completely forgot like I was like almost, you forgot the whole book <laughs> almost yeah I was like what <laughs> happened in this book again it was, it's very forgettable like only the good things about this book is that it explains some things from Godzilla 2014 like Brandon right before we started recording this you said you flipped to a page that Sparks was flipping and I was like hey that's a skeleton we see in 2014 Godzilla it's like maybe it explains the Mutos which okay I didn't really need yeah, the Mutos it's a, explained it's, a, it's an origin well, truthfully, I did. I didn't. Um, I don't think the explanation in this book is good, but I do. Yeah, would, I, I would like the Mutos to like be explained. The whole Muto Prime thing, I was like, whatever. Um, no, yeah, what, what what Ben is referencing is that the skeleton they meet in 2014 um, is a, is one of Godzilla's species. We know how that Godzilla came to be, and Godzilla died, um, which is you know kind of neat. Like, um, I I'm I'm very much of the same mind as you all. It's um, it's not that good. Though I I'm I don't hate it. It's fine. Uh, it's kind of inconsequential to everything, which is unfortunate. Um, it really in its is. Own, in its own right. For a prequel, that's what's like, oh, this sets up like yeah. it does not set up anything. And the stuff it does with the characters Actually, is... And, I really, and I, I really like... Well, just real quick, Ben. I just want to get through my thought, through what I'm trying to say. Um, I really like comic book prequels to movies. I think they're a lot of fun. And uh, I've been dying for a, for I was dying for one between Days of Future Past and uh, First Class or, or something... Um, yeah, good luck. 
for the for those X Men movies. I would love a comic book prequel because I think they're fun and they're a, they're a nice way to to kind of do something interesting. This is just kind of meanders. Yeah. And chapter three, I'll, I check out completely. Yeah, like yeah. the only good thing about this book that can help explain something to you is how Godzilla's dorsal fins change from 2014 to 2019. And it's not even a, it's a not real even, thing. Yeah. It's, that's they it. get broken. Yeah, they break off. Kamakuras? Sparks? Kamakuras? Uh, I think it's just a reference to like how they function as mates, like praying mantises. mantises. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. they'll kill the... Right? The lover? Yeah, yeah, probably. Because yeah. I, I thought... I So... Uh, there's a praying mantis, as I thought for sure, Kamakuras, who is a giant praying mantis. <laughs> uh, the thing about this book for me is, like, it is inconsequential. And, like, of course when you're writing a comic that's a prequel to a movie, you can't do big, huge things in the book. We've talked about this with any type of middle like, mid-of-the-road series that's it's interconnected. Just, it's the Spider-Man The Spider-Man, yeah, City of War situation. Yeah. Um, for me, these there was nothing to these characters, and specifically Charles Dance's character, uh, yeah. Alan Alan Jonah, yeah, I think that's his name. The worst villain has no reason being there. He gets captured, released, or excuse me, captured, and then he escapes. Captured, escapes, captured, escapes like three times in this book. Uh, I, I, about that. I don't know, like, I don't know his reasoning. And the he movie, does, he he, get, he gets captured and escapes. Yes, and then he gets caught in the trap and he's arrested. Okay. That's where we leave him. Gotcha. And then somehow he's Escapes. unarrested all these years later with uh, uh, troops and everything. Yeah, I even read this book like last night and I already kind of forgot half of it. To be I, I only remember that because I was flipping through because yeah. I had to flip through after we saw the movie and be like, what happened with Charles Dance's character in the comic? How did he end up where he was in the movie? And uh, I don't the answer a, is, who I, knows? I don't get a sense of his character in this book at all. Okay, so I want to touch on some a couple of things. So this takes place in 2014. Yes. Not yes. that long after the first movie. No. Uh, everybody is kind of tiptoeing around why Emma Russell remembers San Francisco, which she'll just drop like, oh, believe me, I know what San Francisco was like. And it's like, okay, but we're not going to like say what that was. And as a comic reader who hadn't seen the movie, I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Now having seen the movie and knowing spoilers for the movie, cause we're going to review it in a little bit, but, um, her, her, she lost her son it's at the in San Francisco. It's right at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the movie. Yeah. It's important to her character development. And this is supposed to take place in the same year. And everybody's, she is walking around. No problems. Not acting like she just lost her son. Uh, not addressing like just in the continuity of how this is supposed to go oh, with the movie. Is that why you said, Oh, in the movie? Yes. Okay. I was like, Oh, that's why. Wow. Because this comic doesn't do anything for you. And once you see the movie, it makes no sense. This is in the same year she loses her son that they supposedly moved to Boston and kind of took some time. A couple months after. Yeah. But they supposedly moved to Boston at some point and they were trying to make it work for a little while. But not in this comic. In this comic, nope, they're already split up and she's moved on. She's not even thinking about her son. She's not an emotional wreck. She's not anything. She doesn't even. even She's not even talking about how she's driven by it. He's in one phone call, one video call. Uh, that makes no sense in relation to the film. This it, and it does nothing to build her character because guess what? She doesn't have a character in this. She yeah. doesn't. She's just a person, and it makes no. The artist, sense. the artist, absolutely traces Vera Farmiga's face, and it's gross. Um, I don't like artists who trace. Yeah. Because uh, they never, they're always flat and, and uh, lifeless. And my least favorite thing about this is this is the kind of prequel comic that I really don't like, and I hate that this happened with this because the other two MonsterVerse comics never did this, where you take a panel. And then the next panel is you on the previous panel just zooming in. And you just mm. do that over and over again yeah, just for like certain it. character just features. Lazy. It's lazy and it conveys nothing mm-hmm. visually. I might as well have read a book of this because visually I get nothing from it's, it. It's so interesting because, uh, and again, I haven't read the other two uh, prequel comics or whatever, but like 
I'd recommend uh, Awakening. Uh, this feels like it was rushed, and like the art's not great, the writing's not great, and the other two books are like are good. So I'm wondering like why did this one get the short shaft? I feel like I feel like Awakening helped because it didn't need to do a whole lot, yeah. and, it, and the script for Awa- for script sure. for Godzilla isn't really that complicated. It's but, like, really... the art was good on the other two books, right? Right. It's, yes. Kong also benefited from the fact that it came out months after that movie. So, like, I feel like context w- was had at that yeah. point. Um, but it's all the more reason that they just shouldn't have done this if they weren't going to do something with it. I, I dislike, and we'll get into it with the movie, but I dislike that both uh, Charles Dance's character and Vera Farmiga's character are very present in this book, and it does nothing to further them as characters. I didn't even know it was Charles Dance. <laughs> it it, it was until I got to the big close-up of his face that I thought it was Yeah, because it doesn't even look like him until like, that. Oh, no. Is he, I watched is that... the movie twice and I didn't know it was Charles Dance. Yeah, because yeah. I was hoping that Charles Dance's character was going to be an older Tom Hilston from Kong Skull Island. We were all hoping that, that was going cool. to be a thing. Apparently yeah. not. He's just a... That's not the Kong Skull Island character. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. We will. But, uh, this... And also, they don't use Godzilla's correct onomatopoeia. Uh, Legendary have... doesn't have the rights to the onomatopoeia. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, that's, that's a, a thing. thing. Good lord. Yeah. Well, Lawyer so, so, so that's why. That's the lawyers are dumb. Real quickly, um, I think it is a huge mistake for Legendary to even have a comic line. Uh, one of that. That is one of the many reasons that I think so. Um, the onomatopoeia and and Godzilla himself are owned by Leg- by uh, IDW. Oh. Okay. IDW should be putting out MonsterVerse comics. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Revive that Godzilla line in the MonsterVerse. You can put, you can make some awesome stories. I wonder if that's right a Toho thing they're gonna do. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, also, quick question: What was the whole deal with the, um, with like the ancient Phoenician um, cave paintings? Cita- that... You mean Cetopia? No, it's been on, not there yet. Isn't yeah. that what that is? No, it's not. Then what is that? It, 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 it it's, is. It's the Phoenicians. Yeah. It's the Phoenicians. Phoenix people. It, it's um. It's a. It's a. It's a. Civilization that's not as old as the Greeks. Um, they're a little younger, but they're still like ancient. Um, they, uh, they, they worshipped yeah, Godzilla. They worshipped Godzilla, but it's like every chapter opens and ends with because the... they needed to fill pages. Uh-huh. Well, no, what it's doing, what it's doing, and to to their credit, I, I think they actually don't. I think those are the best parts of the movie. Uh, sorry, the book. The idea is that these are uh, these are pe- people who worshipped Godzilla, and you get the sense again. Like in the 2014 film, like King of the Monsters, that these were once gods, once yeah, worshipped as gods. They're just hammering that idea home. The thing that I don't like about it, and I know you didn't reread it, but Godzilla Awakening did this and did it better. Oh, yeah. I didn't need it rehashed in After Oh, did, yeah. did they really do that? Yes, they oh. really did. Uh, because, again, they had so little to build on because they are a prequel to that movie. They spent more decade time. It's not just like a thing at the beginning, and, and it is a whole section of that book. Okay. And it's and it's better art, frankly. And it's. It, it, the same kind of like what Godzilla do meant to ancient awakening? people. Uh, no, I I don't. I, I do reread it. I do if you want to borrow it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so comparatively, I'm like, we didn't need this again, especially because the movie will also revisit it. Like that's as cool as much as that. I agree with you, Brandon. It is probably the best part of this book. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary in this book. We get that idea hammered home plenty. Don't need it here. And I I honestly like. I didn't need another Muto, if I'm being honest. So here, so here's, so uh, that's a good point, good way to segue into the villain of this book is Muto, is, an, right. is a Muto Prime. I'm trying to impregnate or Jinshin Mushi. Jinshin Mushi. Jinshin Mushi. I got it. Pull up. I think I said it right, Ben. What basically what would happen is in 2014 we saw that that the two parasites, the male and the female Mutos, had had burrowed into Godzilla, into a Godzilla creature 
and killed it, essentially, uh, absorbing its atomic radiation, and then I had to go find more, which is why the, the younger Muto was dormant for, for many years. So this tries to explain basically the Muto's mating period, the, the Muto's gestation period. The idea that there is this Muto prime that impregnates a Godzilla with, 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 with Muto's, a male and a female, and then they go out and they become, and they create more Muto's. And I, I guess so. I guess that's what happened. It is not well explained in this book. No. It is poorly, poorly done. The best explanation, Ben, if I may, the best explanation of the Mutos, of the Muto Prime, and it's... And it's is in, it, like, the bath thing? Is in the bath! Yeah, I read that thing, yeah. Like, the dragon beetle or something, This right? This Jinshin Mushi, yeah. this little thing, does beetle. a better job of explaining what the hell this book is talking about than yeah. the book does. That's a problem. That really ticked me off. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah, it's right there, Ben! <laughs> oh, sh- sh- I didn't see that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, all the all the characters from the movie are in it, but like you can't We do tell. see the Godzilla, by the way, before he's a skeleton. Yeah. That's um, kinda cool. Yeah, that is cool. Like the twenty fourteen thing it acknowledges that hey, those parasites were in it and like when they stab into it, they those things drain the radiation and kill Godzilla and that's what happened with this other species of Godzilla. That's why there was a skeleton and all the parasites in it, blah blah blah. Still uh, would love to Houston see it. Houston Brooks, who shows up in the movie for a brief moment, we'll talk about it when we get to the movie review. He's also in this book. Houston Brooks is uh the character with uh who was part of Monarch going with John Goodman in Skull Island. So the guy who had the theory about the Hollow Earth. Yes, mm-hmm. and he uh, is now older in the Skull Island comic. His son is the focal point of that comic, and his character carries over, and here he actually talks to Emma about his son, Aaron, and that Aaron paid the price, and that's a reference to the Skull Island comic. Interesting. Which is pretty good. Uh, awesome doesn't make this comic good, yeah. but cool that they're at least having the continuity of Houston Brooks as a running through yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love an IDW line of monster. Hey, comics. do you guys remember how they created this character named Tarkin, who yeah. was protecting Emma Russell? I do, and I don't know why he's important. Oh yeah, and he never shows up in the movie. Why is he not in the movie? <laughs> he gets arrested at the end of this book. He's just like, so I guess my security clearance is no, void. That's the, that's oh the, no, 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 that's the that's the that's the, that's the other dude. I don't remember Tarkin at all. Then Tarkin is the guy who kind of looks like Kyle Chandler, but like more rugged. Oh yeah. Also, um, in this in this book, this uh, dude, this dude right here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's protecting her throughout the mm. book, but they don't and have any real character conversations with each other. Also, in this book, they explain why the thing is called the Orca, which is kind of a visual what? gag. Is it, is it like so, yeah, organic? Right. We'll get we'll get it we'll get into it in the in the review, but there is a MacGuffin called the Orca in the movie, and uh, in this book, it is explained that she created a prototype of this thing. Out of a out of a uh, killer whale keyboard, which the movie oh, right, right. which the movie violates because Kyle Chandler's character is the person who created yeah. the prototype to like, study whales. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Wow, it's like they didn't even talk to this each other. doesn't this doesn't line up with the movie. It doesn't expand on the characters. It's not very interesting in the art, even for the monsters. The whole thing is oh, weak. It is, a, it is a keyboard. The whole thing is weak. Yeah, I, like I just this is so disappointing in comparison to their other. Yeah, uh, it's a two. bummer. Especially after reading, like it's not related, but Half Century War, another Godzilla book. Where I'm like, wow, man, going from Half Century War to this. And the thing is, yeah. like, having seen the film, I can see where you could have built on like strong character stuff. Made me more invested in both uh, Charles Dance's character and Vera Farmiga's with doing this story right to connect yes. to the film. But because none of that is there, this is just this is just trash. This is just I don't care. I felt like you were just about to throw it. I really and, like, debate it. 
not to start talking about the movie, but like I didn't care for many of the characters in there. And if they would have portrayed them in here, giving them motivations, then I would give it some leeway. Right. But this book does nothing right. to, for the, anyone. Uh, comic book prequels operate much in the same way as expanded universe novels for Star Wars. Mm. They 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 can they don't t- matter. They no not only that, but they <laughs> I mean yeah, but they they can take uh, they can take a character that you don't get a lot of. And you and you build on them. You create a story around them, so that way when you see them again in the movie, you have a new context for seeing them, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I like that character mm-hmm. because of this supplementary material." That's what a comic book. That's what a prequel comic purpose could serve. Yeah. This book kind of makes me hate the characters more. <laughs> it just doesn't give me. Yeah. I also really hate the way he draws Sally Hawkins, by the way. Yeah, I don't care for that either. Oh, that's supposed to be Sally what Hawkins. Th- what is this? Yeah, what is this pose? This pose. I never thought I wanted to see Sally Hawkins, but you, you know what? I saw that right. I remember that. I forgot about it, and then I'm looking. I was like, "Why is he drawing her like she's promiscuous?" Uh, when he when I, he draws when Sally he draws Hawkins. wide angles of her and Vera Farmiga, they're not they're not great. Hey, wow. Sally Hawkins, the mother of Paddington. I don't think I want to see in that pose. <laughs> she loves fish. I also don't like how he draws Ken Watanabe. It, Every, no, time I agree. every time he draws Ken Watanabe, his, his it, arms are crossed. It took and his me a couple pages before I realized these were the characters from the movie. Yeah. Because at first I was like, yeah. oh, is that Vera Farmiga? And I was like, oh, is that Ken? Oh, oh boy. Vera Farmiga, I knew immediately because he traces her, her face. Yeah. I was like, that is I Vera saw Farmiga. Emma Russell and I was like, so that has to be her, right? And then I, I was like, oh, this is she, really it. She conveys no emotion. Again, like I have a problem that this is supposed to be just shortly following the loss of her son. That makes no the sense. The beginning of the movie. And the way that everybody like talks around it, but talks around it like it's not a big deal. Not yeah. like they're... Uh, nervous about bringing it up around her or how she'll react but like hey i know san francisco and they're like yeah not not a yeah i'm really you know, sorry makes, about that or anything it's it just like feel uh-huh. like they didn't have they didn't actually know what the movie was I'm gonna sure. be so i'm like, sure hey she had a bad time in san francisco right about that yeah but it, i'm not gonna tell you actually what it, happened but that but that's at the detriment of the book yes especially because like there's no reason to have hidden that detail since it like you said it is the opening of the movie you don't need to hide that for a comic that's coming out the week of so, the film. Godzilla Awakening, which is the la- which is the first Godzilla yes. uh, prequel, is written by Max Borenstein, who is the writer of Godzilla 2014. Okay. Well, this, that, that's okay. This book is written by Arvid Nelson and drawn by Drew Edward Johnson. None of these people have credits in that in that in that new movie. Yeah. Shocking. This feels, <laughs> this feels like yeah, like a, like a just like a work. Just like just get it out. This sucks. Uh, it sucks because the previous outings for tie-ins to the films have been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was disappointing, to say the least. Oh, and uh, how you do all of these panels with Vera Faminga, and she never once expresses an emotion, no. baffles me. Just yeah. baffles me. He, because he had one picture reference, and he just ran with that. None of the characters, really. They're all just boring. Again, I, I, still, I still don't believe it that that's Charles Dance. <laughs> I don't believe I read this book, actually. I think, I think it's just wet from my brain. I keep forgetting about stuff that happens in this book, because I got to um, a lot better. All right, shall we Shall we yeah. move on? Yeah. Movie time! All right. I might return this. And on that happy note, let's move on to some more screonkling. Um, what? <laughs> screonkling? It's like uh, spreelunking, but it's with screonks. Screonkling? Oh, I'm into it. Yeah, there you go. Like Ryan, Ryan's like, into this. I like uh, cave diving, yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> cave diving with Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, we are reviewing Godzilla King of the Monsters are Godzilla spine stalactites or stalagmites yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are reviewing Godzilla King of the Monsters this week so full spoilers for the latest in the Monsterverse the latest Godzilla film uh, if you have not seen the movie go to your nearest movie theater go see it or carry on at your own see leisure it on but, the you, big screen. but yeah, you have cool. been warned spoilers 
from here on out. I don't know why you're listening if if you weren't prepared. Here we go. Yeah. So it's uh um Ben, initial thoughts, my friend. <laughs> I freaking loved it. Uh, okay, Ryan. I liked it. All right, Sparks. I had a good time. All right, that's it. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, all right, so let's get into it. So the movie starts. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so the movie. Oh, we knew it. oh yeah. I didn't want to tell you because I was worried. We that knew. If I, if I, you didn't need to tell us. We knew. If I had told you, I feel like you would have gone in with higher expectations. And... I'm, I'm. If anything, I'm glad because <laughs> you might like it less than yeah. if you had higher expectations. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I, I just. I just wanted you. I just want everyone to like things. Um. So this movie starts uh, in. 2014. Yeah. It starts. It starts just at just. It starts during the final fight. Guys, this movie is very uh, reminiscent at the beginning of BVS for me, and not in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, uh, it takes place during the big event from the last movie mm-hmm. and it transitions to the future. Like, with we the see we see Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson's character skydiving. We just see like the, yeah. the lights. Yeah, fall but on. it's not. It's not meant to give a give a worse perspective of that event. No. It's just meant to be that event yeah. again. I like it. Well, kind of. It's kind of meant to give a worse perspective because it's them not being able to find their son. Mm, yeah. That that is tragedy oh, that we had not seen yeah. because mm-hmm. in Godzilla twenty fourteen, the characters we followed reunited. Yeah. yeah. And, and they were fought, fine. They plot armor. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And then we see them screaming and then they find and then Godzilla breaks through a building and roars. And Vera Fuming is all like, Oh, you mother And then uh um uh, Kyle, what's his name? Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler looks up, sees Godzilla and then yeah. He plays Mark 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 Russell. Mark Russell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark Russell is the, the writer of the Flintstones comic. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, You're right. <laughs> yeah. um, right, so we're introduced to Vera Farmiga on the, on the off. She is the character we follow until we meet Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, and then Mothra. It's kind of how the events of the of the opening go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the Mothra, thing, Mothra scene. I yeah. do, too. I, scene. I like the Larva scene, right? Yeah. I uh, love both scenes Mothra was in. I like the uh, I like the design. Mothra has the biggest redesign of all the monsters. Uh, I, I kind of into it. I like the new look for Mothra. Yeah, uh, it grew on me. The yeah. larva form could have been cuter. It could have been cute. I don't know. I always thought the larva. I never liked the larva form. That larva form. Oh, it's so cute. That larva form is pretty cute, my friend. I'm sorry. No, my favorite larva form is Shin Godzilla. Oh boy. Wiggle worm, baby. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I will say, uh, I'm gonna like mix all my negatives and my pros here. Um, in that first scene with Millie Bobby Brown and Vera Famiga, there's this whole thing where she brings up, uh, Dad's been emailing me. And there's this weird attitude that uh, uh, Emma Russell, Vera Farmiga's character, puts out of, you know, like, almost implying that her dad is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. And the film never really explains or explores that. And I was like, she just... If anything, she's the way worse parent. Yeah, yeah. She's just like like pathologically trying to turn her against her father. I think what it's supposed to be is... Because he became an alcoholic and left, mm-hmm. that she that he sure. he abandoned the family, so like they have she has resentment to that. I yeah. I get it. Um, I didn't like the way that the film handled this idea of her kind of promoting her daughter to not like her father. Sure, I didn't I didn't like it mostly because I think there was never proper time given to it mm-hmm. for it to be anything. So was, I could have just done without see, it. See, my problem with that is it was a lot of telling me, not showing me. So it was like, yeah, I was an yeah. alcoholic. I, I hope I, I hate that she saw me that way. Sure. And it was just a lot of like, oh, I was a bad dad. I'm like, yeah, but like, telling me this is not going to make me feel that you're a bad dad. Yeah, yeah. Because you're uh-huh. a great dad right now. Because every yeah, I mean everything. Just I by was... virtue of not being Vera Farmiga, she's a he's a great dad. Oh, hundred. And even and even when like they show any flashbacks of them, it's always happy flashbacks of the family. Yeah. Ben, what were you saying? No, I was gonna say that 
I, I was totally fine with them. Okay, full thing. I I mean, the, the human stuff in this movie, it's fine. It's a lot better than 2014, but I'm not here for human shit. I'm not. I'm here for giant monsters beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. I agree with Same you. Same thing with Pacific Rim. I'm there for robots fighting monsters. I got what I wanted. I freaking love this movie. And be, that being said, when people are bitching about, oh, there's like the human stuff was bad, I thought it was fine. I could actually relate to a par- to the parents kind of going at each other. Ben, not I'm going that... to systematically tell you why I dislike almost half these characters in this movie. Okay. But not right now. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying their story arc was, it was fine. Can I, can I, I bounce could, off I of that? Live with, I can live with it. Yeah. Can I bounce off of that real, real quick? Um, so if you want to split this movie up, it's 50% monsters, 25% humans, 25% humans, because the human plot line is, is split between two uh, two subplots that, co- that, um, that inform each other. Mm-hmm. I think... The stuff with Monarch, Kyle Chandler, Sarazawa, um, all them. I'm way into that. I like those characters. Like I'm so into that plot line. I like that. Fair for me to go to Charles Dance. I like Millie Bobby Brown, but he, that whole subplot, check out. I agree. Uh, I also think... I'm going to say, I think Millie Bobby Brown should not have been in this movie. I think she detracts from the main characters, and I think she's just... A, 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 to be a kid. She's just a kid in this movie. And I think a lot of the drama is taken away when you already have a child who's lost and then you have this child with plot armor with Ghidorah literally falling in front of her like it's nothing. Uh, I think if you would have got rid of the first child, or excuse me, got rid of Millie and focus on the two adults and their drama of them being married and divorced and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to counter that and counter. say that what I think actually didn't need to be in this movie is Charles Dance. And if Charles yes. Dance wasn't in this movie and Vera Farmiga was just straight up the if person making the decisions guy? and Millie Bobby Brown was the sounding board off of that, okay. then yeah. she's useful. That story makes sense. It's now this thing between that family and Monarch. That's fine, Charles yes. Dance wasn't necessary for this. I think my, the yeah, crux 100%. of my, my yeah, 100%. problem here is there's too many characters. Yeah, like Charles Dance, he's kind of going off a half-century war. He's kind of like Discount Deverich. And I no, say that... Uh, uh, um, Vera Farmiga is Deborah. No, yeah, Deborah. And I say that, liking every moment that he's in, just because I like the way he talks. Who, yeah. Charles? So Dance? yeah, yeah. Uh, but I say like he was the unnecessary element. I don't think Millie Bobby Brown was the unnecessary element. I think she was just executed poorly into the structure of the story they wanted. I to think tell. if you lose Charles Dance and Millie Bobby Brown, you have a much stronger, tighter, focused story. I think if you lose just Charles Dance, you have a stronger story. Yeah, because I, I don't. I know you guys like Charles Dance from um, Game, of Game of Thrones. He's um, also the villain in Last Action. He's know? also in Dracula Untold. Uh, he's <laughs> also in Alien Three. He has there's this. Oh. This has the same ending as Dracula Untold. The Charles Dance looking at the camera, going, "Well, the game is on." Oh my God, it's he true. Say that <laughs> the game he is says, on. Says, "We'll take it." I, mean, I don't care. It's the same thing. It's the Weekly Planet. The game is on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that yeah. I think that uh, Charles Dance uh, is uh, his whole thing comes to nothing. It's dumb. I I agree with you. He's at least a great. B movie British bad guy, Vera Faminga is phoning in half of this performance. That is true, and yeah. that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Charles Dance is at least committing to the B movie he is in. And honestly, like yeah. that, I think that's why I like the Monarch plotline because everyone, everyone in that room is committed. And it was so disappointing that Vera Faminga was phoning in half of this. I was so sad. I was like, "Why? You're I, so good. Why agree. are you? Why are you throwing half of this away?" Yeah, yeah all the Monarch Kyle, stuff. I yeah, like, yeah, all of Kyle's like one of of um, what's her name? Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Like when she called in and did her like I'm I'm a bad guy. This is my bad guy reasoning call. Like she was just like being very monotone. But uh, Kyle, what's his name? Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Why can I not remember their names? You're normally well, very good at names. Normally, yeah, you're right. I'm not. But when Kyle Chandler. No, 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 no. I'm serious. You're much better at like remembering names than I am. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. you, you can remember character names that I wouldn't even 
begin to remember. Probably because their character names, not their real life names. Oh, maybe. Anyways, but when he's the only, like, him, he's, like, fully committed. You're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, Yeah. he's into it. He's like, hey, you're creepy. And she's like, and this is something you can't run from. I'm like, was that supposed to be hurtful? And now see, and now see, yeah, because he ran from his dead son. <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. A lot of why I like the monarch section of this is because every single one of those people on that super awesome ship, yeah, it was cool, is committed. Yeah, oh yeah, they are 100 percent committed to the dialogue they're spewing, and that's awesome. And the sad part about that is that you have a lot of talent on that ship, not being utilized most of the time. Sure, uh, Oshia Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in this movie nearly enough. Yeah. Uh, for but how does, excited I bet he was to be there. But he does get that good one f bomb. He do, he uh, he transports a lot. <laughs> he has a, yeah, some yeah. sort of transporter. Yeah. But but he does get that line of when Ghidorah first rises from the ice. He's like, "Oh, you gotta be effing kidding me!" I'm like, "Okay." Can yeah, we? Can, can we? Speaking one. of speaking of that awesome ship, can we? The Argo. I really yeah the Argo. Um, I really hope I'm not alone in thinking this, but the Rodan sequence is. Awesome! Oh, yeah. awesome! You're the, not alone. The that, moment, that's great. I mean, the, all the kaiju stuff. I like. The moment Rodan comes off of the, and like this comes with like this works for me mm-hmm. specifically in the Rodan sequence when he when Rodan goes after the Argo is flying after the Argo uh, shooting down all those ships and you got Rick San, uh, uh, Rick the, I forgot his last name but the I forgot his actor name too the what the white haired old man science oh, guy. Uh, 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 uh. The actor name. Bradley Whitford? Bradley Whitford. Oh, okay. When he's there, he's like, oh, gold team, do the da 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 And it was like, hold on, guys. And like, everyone's into that. I'm like, I'm so into yeah. this. Rodan doing barrel rolls and yeah. like this flame is like lighting people on fire. Like shooting up into the sky. Yeah. Like well, they're trying to get... pilot who ejected from How the they're cockpit. trying to get Rodan to Monster Zero and mm-hmm. they're just like, they're into the scene and they're like, go, go, go. 60 seconds. Kyle yes. Chandler's trying to drop the thing. It's like, I'm into that sequence. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's a really great sequence. It yeah. is, 100%. Uh, I, I do want to, I want to keep us, I think, on the human stuff. And then go to the monster sure, stuff because sure, sure, I sure. feel like we'll have we'll all have more nice things to say about the monster. <laughs> I stuff. have nothing mean to say really about the yeah monster yeah stuff. exactly. Yeah. So like we'll gush and gab and, yeah. and go out on a high note. Uh, Human wise, I told you this right after we saw it, Brandon. I have a big problem that Kyle Chandler carries over the same problem I had with Aaron Taylor Johnson, where he suddenly becomes the everyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does every important thing and makes every important decision in the movie for the most part, which makes no sense because he's the guy who got called in and brought in and like, he hey man, we just wolf. need you. We just need you to find Orca. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, hold on. I think I can figure this out. Open the shield doors. Oh, look, we're, he's tracking here. Well, we got to go to Antarctica. Yeah, like you do all these things. And it's like relationship with Godzilla Ken, now too. Ken Watanabe and uh, Sally, Sally Hawkins. Hawkins and Bradley Whitford and Thomas Middleditch are all these actors who are talented and on this ship and have been more involved. And none of them are making these calls. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way to waste your cast. I, there, All of these little things that he does that Mark winds up doing should have been delegated to different characters. And he just should have had a clear path that was tied to what he was capable of and his family. Mm-hmm. The fact that he suddenly is like responsible for every important thing in the movie, hated it. It felt forced. It felt like we're just shoving this guy in as the narrow focal point rather than this being yeah. an ensemble piece. So I agree with you excellent cast unfortunately most of them are there just for good one-liners and i really i really like kyle chandler as an actor like he, he i'm not knocking no him. no i know I, he is like he is like one of the best like everyman type of guys but that's what he was an everyman and now he can do everything in this movie and like i'm not gonna repeat everything you just said but like he was brought in to help with like because his family's missing and then he becomes the superhero of the movie i'm like 
there's clearly a bunch of other people who have way more than yeah. they can do. There, there are things you're right. There are things that, like what you're talking about when they're at Outpost Fifty Four, uh, which is the the Bravo Charlie, yeah. the Bravo Castle, Castle Bravo, Castle Bravo, um, and it's Godzilla's hunting grounds, and he's the one who tells them to lower the weapons. He's the one to help open the blast shields. It doesn't um, make sense. That should be coming from Sarah Zawa. Even Vera Sarah Zawa, for sure. who's like, who's supposed to be like the research lady. He's like, well, I built the prototype because I'm the smart one, actually. I'm like, you don't have to do everything. Right. Well, <laughs> also, a army colonel, she's given orders. She, I'm pretty sure she would not be like, yeah, sure, I'm going to follow what this uh, guy says. Aisha Hines, yeah. another person not utilized as well oh, she uh, should be. Is that Foster? Yeah, yeah. Foster. The bald lady? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's who? Cool. Okay, so... These are characters that I did enjoy. I do agree they're they're underutilized, but they're at characters who I enjoy. I enjoy um, the uh, Chen. I liked her a lot. I know she hardly had anything to do, but she yeah. was kind of essentially she was kind of like the miscellaneous, the host of the group who she was going through all the. She's the exposition lady. Well, also she's the going through the the myth and the no, legends. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also <laughs> twins. No, yeah, that's twins. That's great. Super cool. Uh, they didn't actually do anything with it. True, but <laughs> I still, but I still liked her. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the things. Um, you know, I guess we can you know cycle it into the human sure. thing. Uh, so the idea is that um, she, uh, Doctor Chin, is is the latest generation of twins of the Mothra twins. And when they sh- uh-huh. show the sister, she is with Houston Brooks, who I talked about in the comic. That's yeah. the the black guy with the glasses. That's there. He's the older version of the character from Kong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's carried over. And I was like, that's an odd cameo, but cool. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, they lost the last scene Kong, so I didn't they, know who he was. Well, he's a different actor it's a anyway. Four, yeah. It's forty years later. And right? they 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 even uh, one of the things that I didn't I was cute in too is that they talk about Kong and the Hollow Earth a lot yeah. and that's from a lot, yeah. Kong Skull Island I was totally um, cool with that one of the things so that, so she is the latest generation of Mothra twins uh, what, something that I really like and I saw you kind of do your your, your little yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh, okay symbol at the screen is that when she's talking about her family she's from a long line of twins each one of those actresses that play her mom and her grandparents are previous Mothra twins from the old Japanese movies, and I thought it's that nice. was feeling. I thought that was really it's, sweet. It's really sweet. Yeah. I I was nervous. I think we talked about it when the trailer for this movie was coming out. That I was nervous that the way they were marketing this was this big bash Godzilla being the hero and the three other monsters being villains. Mm-hmm. Mothra was marketed that way too, like she was going to be dangerous and a force to be reckoned with yeah. too. And I was like, man, I really am bummed that we're kind of throwing away Mothra's whole I'm the protector of the Earth and giving it to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am glad that did not Because the way they, destru- they structured this Godzilla, she- he and Mothra would be on the same side. Exactly. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. It's never been structured that way before, and that's really cool. And I love the song being there. Yes. Uh, and I love the twin thing. I just wish that they'd actually done something same. with her knowing a lot about Mothra or something like yeah. that and instead that of it to, just being like a like hey you remember the old movies right like when you're like when they're in the briefing room and they're getting and Mothra shows up uh, yes. and she she is the, she tells Kyle Chandler something and the Kyle Chandler's like blah 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 she should have been the one to go up to the colonel and be like blah 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 yes, yes. yeah yeah but I like so I liked her I liked O'Shea Jackson Jr. as Barnes and I liked um Foster uh, Aisha Hines uh, yeah I liked those three a whole lot. Yeah, I did too. I just I hope that they come back for the next movie. I I did like everyone else, but I liked those three the most. And and I'll be I'll be fair. I think Aisha Hines is in the movie pretty much the appropriate amount for the character she was given. Yeah. I think it's awesome that she's a a lady mm-hmm. taking over that army position that normally would be given Corporal. to a dude, which was cool that uh the admiral from 2014 I liked how he uh, showed up a few times I did too I you, thought that was you, really you cool you can't drop that oxygen bomb because that's a whole section we gotta talk about that yeah. oxygen bomb yeah, 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 uh, that's but, but Aisha Hines I thought she was in the appropriate amount like you got a lot of characters I 
I was invested enough in her. I yeah, liked yeah. her. She yes. was fine. Uh, I do think O'Shea Jackson Jr. needed more time. I think the twins needed to be treated better. Yeah. Uh, I stand by that. I think between Thomas Middleditch being there and Bradley Whitford, who are kind of similar in their roles in a sense, I think Bradley Whitford probably more important, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly Thomas Middleditch added most of the time. Monarch mm-hmm. man. Which is why I'm saying there should have been people on that ship who were each an expert on one or two of the kaiju themselves. Right. Thomas Middleditch could have been the expert who'd done all the research he could on Ghidorah yeah. or on Rodan. And I would have thought that was great. That would have given him purpose mm-hmm. and something to do. Yeah. And again, like delegate out these positions of importance and relevance because it's way too much like mostly Kyle Chandler and sometimes Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Yeah. That that really irked me, especially that Sally Hawkins, poor Sally Hawkins, I, did not um, get enough to do in this. I act. honestly, yeah. I, I think a lot of the a lot of the ladies, not a lot of ladies, but I think a lot of them got shortchanged in this movie. To be honest, I, the first time when, I saw it, I especially didn't Sally realize, Hawkins, I didn't realize Sally Hawkins died. So yeah. the fir- so the first time I so the first, first, first time, time I saw it, I had no idea. The first time I saw it, um, I saw it with Zara. She taps me on my shoulder, and so I turn to look at her because she's going to tell me something, and I missed it. I yeah. missed that Sally Hawkins had died. Until I saw Ghidorah like stomp down, I was like, "I'm sorry, did that?" And in what? case you guys missed it, uh, I think the audio, the, the movie also missed it because they put a big deceased picture just in case you missed it five, like yeah. a minute later. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, if you guys missed it, because this is a with, with this Ken, is a shoddy filmmaking with, with Ken Watanabe looking yeah. sad next yeah, to Yeah, I um I I think you know they killed both Sally Hawkins and Ken Watanabe in this film. Um, I don't like that. I, I don't like that either. I kind of wish one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sally Hawkins definitely could have been the person who, like, should have survived, especially if you yes. were going to take Ken out of this I, movie, because she would have been the person who was closest to him to have all the same information and be like, I could... That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, I did not like the way that they handled her. This is... Again, we're, like, focusing on the human stuff. This is why the human stuff was problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had this... It's a, it's a spoil of uh, riches. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the right yeah, phrase? Spoiler, like, yeah, yeah. It's a spoil of riches. Um, embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's an embarrassment of riches because you have all these people who carry a lot of weight and talent, and you're not utilizing them. Yeah. Uh, I think Bradley Whitford is utilized fine. I think it's a um, lot of fun. He is a lot of fun. Uh, he's very much just his he character just... from Cabin in the Woods yes. uh, in Godzilla now, and I- I'm okay with that. I just wish the other people around him had been given as much to play with. Not necessarily in the jokey sense, but, like, to do. I didn't want to bring this up, but I think I, I, think I, I, think I want, want to now. Um, I've heard something, and I don't know if it's coming from the writer or something, but CBR posted an article saying that Rick, uh, I think his name is Stanton, Rick Stanton, is actually based off of Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Who's he- Rick Stanton? That's Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford's character. Oh, that's that. If that's true, that's the loosest yeah. of because that character is not at like he not makes jokes, close. but guess what? We all make jokes. Yeah, he's I'm not like <laughs> obviously like it's a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, Rick Sanchez is an R rated character, uh, <laughs> but like he's not drunk like Rick. He's yeah. not mean like Rick. He's and helpful. Al- like yeah, and also, he's not also, at all like Rick. I mean, he has his way when I was like, oh, what you want to invite him in for a beer? And, and, and we all do and like one even yeah. even if on paper that character had been based off that Bradley Whitford made his own thing mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter and I, and I really like I, I think Bradley Whitford might actually be my favorite character I'll be honest because uh, he gets he gets he a gets lot the of, best lines he gets a lot mm-hmm. of the best lines and uh, what I, and I like the when again in the Rodan and the Rodan chase I like him in, a lot in that in that one when um, when they're like so what do we do oh yeah Sarazawa's old let them fight mantra yeah, love when used to say that, that. Yeah. like I like I like a lot of that stuff too yeah, yeah. he's a fanboy. No, it, it, like, it's cool. It, there are good moments. I think every actor has at least one good moment, but there should be more than that for me to say about them. Yeah. 
this 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 was a film that feels like it was set up with an ensemble and it actually only utilizes a couple of them. And I would love to see the, at least the Monarch cast come back for for Godzilla vs. I, I agree with you, and I think a good chunk of them are, if not all, yeah. who survived. But the only ones I, the only ones I think are confirmed are Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler. Uh, but I really hope that that they do more with them. This this again, like I just really go back to like I wish that Mark had been there for Mark's purpose and not everybody else's purposes too. Sure. Yeah. If that had happened, I feel like naturally everybody else would have been more involved and the whole human plot, that side of it, would have felt a lot better. It wouldn't have fixed the villain stuff, but it at least would have made everybody feel like they were there for a reason. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's, yeah. the, it's the main character problem um, of, well, when we have this main character, we have, a, we have a main character, that main character has to do everything. It's kind of it's the same problem we have with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, it's kind of bad writing in in the sense that we need to we need to have this character do everything because we because he's the main character he's the main person. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of an ensemble, like you said. Yeah, uh, especially because you have the cast there. And again, yeah. not to not to bring up other great Godzilla movies, but think of Shin Godzilla. That, has a, that, that has a cast of dozens, dozens, and I don't know any of their names, but I care about more than all of them because all of it feels some more more real sure. and more personal. And that's and the thing is like that's helped from the fact that I think like the strongest Godzilla films, usually with characters, they've usually had those characters be far away from the action majority of the film yeah. rather than in the middle of it because the thing is that it's very hard to track a main character being present for all the events of these giant kaiju because it doesn't make sense how they, they get to every beat there for everything because it doesn't make sense how they get to every beat yeah and yeah. that that's the big problem with aaron taylor johnson in 2014 we suffer from that a little bit here because it is this forcing kyle chandler into that but there role. but in this one i think i think Getting the characters through the main beats of the film is better handled because they're I agree. they're chasing they're chasing a MacGuffin that the monsters it, are around. It is better, but you're still cramming Mark out to the front yeah. when he should be hanging back and others should be more in front. Like there's the whole you know who would have been better to follow? Like I understand the tension of the moment, why Mark is the person who goes running in to try and save his family when they're at the Ghidorah Antarctica's thing. Mm -hmm. But I would have much rather seen Aisha Hines and Oshia Jackson Jr. being the ones who got close to the family and him like talking to them on the monitor, like saying, you know, get them out of there, get my family. Uh, and like having Mark on the phone or something mm -hmm. rather than Mark being the person who ran in. I'm like, he's not, Oh, you mean he's like not this guy. He's not this do? guy. Like, do, do soldiers yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's got it. He's the only guy who can grab the elevator to save the soldiers. He does all these so, I, two important things. I want to, I want to talk about this Easter egg before I forget it. Sure. Um, I told, I told you guys this at, 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 uh, at dinner that each of the outposts that we see are, um, the numbers coincide with the year that each of those monsters debuted with the exception of King Ghidorah. Uh, and even then, King Ghidorah's uh, uh, debut year is on the wall in that in that um, outpost. So uh, I think it's Outpost Fifty Four is Godzilla, nineteen fifty four. Uh, outpost Sixty One is Rodan, and Fifty Six is is Mothra. So Outpost Fifty Six is Mothra, and Outpost Sixty One is Rodan. Um, I think I think you switch those. Let me double check that. Oh yeah, if you want to double check. They're old. Um, so yeah. So I, either way, it, I think that's a cool little Easter egg. There's there's many more Easter eggs, and that goes to uh, what I think they... Yeah, Mothra's 1961. Oh, okay. Uh, and so that goes to, I think, one of the best things about this movie, which is um, Michael Doherty clearly loves the source material. And 100%. There's a yeah. lot of great kaiju And there is, the, there is love in this movie. No, that was one of the things that why I think, for for me, when I... Okay. <laughs> when I, Deep breath. <laughs> yeah. When I finished watching this movie... I talked to Fanny and talked to my friends who I saw it with. I'm like, if you know Godzilla, if you are a fan of the go, Hace go Godzilla, if you are a Hasey era fan, 
um, a, a Showa era fan or even a Millennium era fan, if you know those eras, if you have seen multiple Godzilla movies, you are gonna love this because it takes because it plucks a bunch of great Easter eggs and a bunch of great uh, like the second they find Ghidorah. And Millie Bobby Brown calls him Monster Zero. I'm like, no way. And Phelan Zero is just like, what's Monster Zero? I thought that was Ghidorah. I'm like, don't worry, I'll tell you later. And and one of the things I really like about this film, so I I've been posting a lot of Godzilla stuff on Instagram, uh-huh. um, experimenting with my my Instagram post. One of the things that I've talked about was the fact that my favorite era of films is the second era of films, which is the Hazy era. Mine too. Um, it's the it's the late '80s, early '90s era of films. Um, that starts with Godzilla 1985. Uh, Return of the Godzilla, Return of Godzilla, and ends with Godzilla vs. Destroya. There's a lot of just nods from those films in this movie, sure. and that made me incredibly happy. Yeah, no, it made it made me happy too. Mm-hmm. I I do want to put a counterpoint. I'm not calling you wrong, Ben, but I want to put a counterpoint to what you said when we started this, which is that, you know, uh, you go to Godzilla movies for the monster stuff. Yeah, I do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's a problem when the movie is marketing itself a lot on its human cast. And what they do, which this movie did heavily. The trailers are a lot about this being a serious film Uh following its human characters that they are relevant. And if you fail on that, that's still a problem, even if you're only there for the monster stuff. And I want to say, I want to say the best Godzilla movies have good uh, human characters. Yeah. The worst Godzilla movies don't. Uh, Most of the time. Well, yeah, that's fair. Final Wars has B movie entertaining human characters, but I care but about it's the, fantastic. I care about a lot about those Guys, characters, but you care a lot about those Kung characters. <laughs> it saves all, right? And or and that's man, the thing. Tom and, and and honestly, there is a difference between Final Wars is a great example. That is a B, B movie that knows it's a B movie. Mm-hmm. This is a movie not trying to be a B movie. Therefore, there is more weight on its human characters to carry the film. Okay, even if the monsters are great. Mm-hmm there is still more weight because of how they structured the film that the human cast has to pull some of it. And in this film, they they sometimes do and they sometimes yeah. don't. And that's the thing. I, I, I kind of want to wrap up the human talk if anybody else has any thoughts no, about the human beings. That, that's fine because I know what you're saying, but for me personally, yeah. I... I roll with didn't it. Phase you. Yeah. For no, sure. It, it doesn't phase me at all. The human stuff I know is going to be there. They're, they're in every Godzilla movie. It's obviously... It has to be there. Um, but I, I was fine with it. I didn't completely hate it. I mean, yeah, um, Emma's she when that when Emma um, wrestled David Lyons, Sometimes it was pretty flat. Sure. Mm-hmm. Charles Dance doesn't need to be there, but I liked that he was because I liked him being like the cocky British a hole. Um, Millie Bobby Brown. I was I was like, okay, sure, whatever. She's Please short. Don't tell me she's, you're just going to start listing the characters of the movie. I'm not. But all those all those beats, all the stuff that was going on with them. I was still, like, I was invested. I was like, okay, I'll watch it happen. It may not be the greatest, but I know what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. And them reacting to Godzilla. Like, when, um, like, when, uh, um, Mark was running out, I was like, who's outside? And Chen's like, who do you think? Yeah. Just uh, hearing that, and their whole expression this... with seeing Godzilla for the first time, I was like, yeah. I like this. Right. This is fine. Uh, my, my point was more just being like, I can go to this movie and still want just mm-hmm. the monster stuff, which I did. But right. the movie is still set up to try to make me care about the human stuff. And right. if it fails in that, and I'm not getting enough monster action, which, frankly, I wasn't. Not all the time. It's good when it happens, mm-hmm. but there wasn't enough of it. Uh, then I have reasons to have to think about the human stuff. And yeah. if it falls short, it falls short. And that's that sucks, Man, because I yeah. went for the monsters. I went mm-hmm. not expecting anything good out of the human it's a good stuff. Way to, it's a good way to segue into the monsters. I got one, yeah, one last thing. Uh, 
my uh well this is a transition uh i've talked about this before my favorite stuff about godzilla is how crazy and silly it gets that's one of the reasons i'm not the biggest fan of the 2014 godzilla it's really grounded and godzilla's barely there i want final wars and i know that's yeah. unrealistic for all the godzilla movies but like for me this was a nice halfway step to where i want godzilla to be sure it's got crazy weaponry it's got a bunch of humans working with godzilla godzilla with a bunch of tanks behind him and like planes that shit's awesome Right. Uh, I unfortunately, uh, the human stuff has to be good sometimes. <laughs> I, oh, I um, counterpoint to no, R- yeah. Ryan uh, real quick. I think that there is a place for both. Yeah. And I think you know, Final Wars has its place, but also does Godzilla 1985. No, I know that is a much more grounded Godzilla movie. Sure, Godzilla sure. 1954 grounded yeah. Godzilla. That's what movie. I was saying. I like my type of Godzilla. Yeah, there, there, yeah, yeah. there are a place for both, and I like both. Yeah. And when you could get this kind of type of movie that gives you. I think honestly, a good part. A good, it takes what what uh, Gareth Edwards did with the first film, grounding Godzilla into mythology, mm-hmm. uh, and giving it that kind of type of uh, mythological weight to it, uh, and running with it. Yeah, and that's just exactly what he does. He, they run with that idea, uh, and I think you get to a point where you almost have what could have been a perfect Godzilla movie. Okay. If the human characters are better. I think I think that uh, where my struggle ends up on is the movie doesn't execute either path well enough. Yeah. It doesn't execute B-movie monster mashup well enough to compensate for the lack of human stuff, nor does it execute human serious character development stuff well enough to compensate for the other. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the monsters. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to get this one right out of the way. I was disappointed by the amount of Mothra in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I said you, Sam. Uh, I said you, Sparky Sparks. Uh, Mothra is the Captain Marvel of this movie. <laughs> shows up at the beginning, shows up at the end. Yeah. I, th- I think um, I, I wasn't disappointed by it. Um, I think be- the marketing shows us more Mothra uh, than we should have Probably, expected. Probably. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed by it. I was disappointed that I don't really think Rodan was necessary. I feel like Rodan was only Except there... Except he has one of your favorite sequences in the movie. I know, it's really kind of... So a... thus he he is necessary for that. Right, but I think about the end sequence would just have been... Would, would, would have been... It would have been a two-on-one fight instead of a 2v2. Yeah, and I think that would have been really cool. But that was the first movie. Ghidorah could have killed Rodan, but, like, you don't need... Like, Rodan... The thing is, like, Rodan at least provided an awesome visual scene air fight which is what you want because that's what if we're going to the monster movies for that's what we want is something like that that was an incredible scene i 100 agree i am bummed mothra did not have a similar thing mm-hmm. i have no scene that i can reference where i'm like mothra was just so cool in that you know like i like how she stabs rodan that's neat i like the design yeah. of her i like the uh the light and the colors of her and everything it's Gorgeous. really great yeah. i just wish she was more of a presence in this film i like the I, li- I really like the imagery of when she when godzilla has fallen from the sky and she and she gets up on him and protects him mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. really i really like that imagery and she and you could tell she, it's like you know that whole thing uh, and you kind of get a sense that you know one of the things I really like about 2014 is that Godzilla has a personality. You can tell what he's thinking at any yes. time. It, it comes through really well. I I don't think that's as prevalent in this film. I do think that's kind of a failing in this film. Um, it has moments. It has moments, but it's not as prevalent as I would have liked it to have been. Um, sure. And, well, one of the moments that I think stands out is when he turns to Mothra and kind of has a... Uh, um, what's the word? Um, like, he remembers Mothra. This is not the first time that they have met, or at least he has met a Mothra. Um, you kind of get a familiar a familiarity that history from from this, and you get a familiarity. Sure. This film, there's a couple of times where I felt like Godzilla has been familiar with two creatures before Mothra and Ghidorah. 
Like, they have met at one time. Uh, real quick, this is a tiny, like, probably never acknowledged in the film's theory. Uh, I have a theory that all the kaiju mm-hmm. carry the memory of the previous. Mm. So when they're, like, this is, like, Piccolo-style stuff, or, or you know, Groot, as we talked about, like, they carry the memory of the one before. Yeah. Interesting. And I, so I think that, like, because we've already seen that skeleton of that Godzilla, mm-hmm. right? So a Godzilla, I don't think there were more than one Godzilla necessarily for like an oh, extended amount. So. No, but I don't mean like, you know, on the level of like what we see in Kong, how oh, many yeah. like apes there were and everything. But I do think that like, however old this Godzilla may be, whether, you know, far back or mm-hmm. not that far back, they carry that, that living memory of their ancestors. I think that's how the Titans probably work. Like Mothra, the next Mothra will also have the same thing. You yeah. know, it could be. Um, I always, I always assumed it was, um, because we see Godzilla's temple, uh, and you know he's been sure. living there for millions of years yeah, and yeah. evolving and absorbing the radiation. I think <clears> that's the sense that, um, you know, like Kong, Godzilla's the last of his kind, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the the idea that I can like. There was at one time many Godzillas, many Mothras, Rodans, uh, Behemoths, Mutos, Mutos. Um, at one time all, sure. on on the earth and then they've all gone extinct except for these mm-hmm. possibly um, that's how I, I always saw it no 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 I mean like I'm not disagreeing with that yeah. point I just think that like the familiarity can come from sure. this I think that's something that can not only apply to these but can apply to the older kaiju films now, that there's kind of a residual memory of the one the, before uh, the, the idea of them being titans from millions of years ago that's a newish idea right it is new okay yeah and i i actually really like that idea me too well, yeah um i am 100 percent down and uh i'll get this out of the way because i was wrong and like and i i i first i wasn't a fan of like the underwater civilization thing but the more i thought about it i'm like it's it's, it's godzilla cares whatever uh it, it's, it's old it's mythology whatever uh, they've I, lived for millions of years yeah i, I really uh, it just i saw a weird atlantis thing and i'm like i just got that in my brain so mm-hmm. I just, i'm not gonna lie i had to get I out of it the statues like, the statues are godzilla they are. Yeah, and Godzilla I saw that, and they have, like, staffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Godzilla people? I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw... <laughs> Shin Godzilla? Oh. Did someone say Shin Godzilla? Oh, God. First time I, I saw Seatopia as Ryan coined it when we have a dinner. That's what no, called. that's what it's called. Oh, it is? In the, like the yeah. 70s? It's called Seatopia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. First time it's I saw Seatopia, name. my first thought was, like, no, ethanol. We're going to Atlantis? Yeah, I, got, I, I... Godzilla CBR. Atlantis? I gotta stop going to CBR, but they're like, is Godzilla from Atlantis? And I'm like, no. no. No, this, so I just put it in my brain. Yeah. Like it's just an old civilization. Yeah, but then when they these say monsters like, are millions of years old who yeah. are worshipped as gods. Yeah, that's awesome. But then I like they, that. But then when they're like, "No, this is older than the Greeks, older than the Romans," like, okay, yeah, I can, I can dig yeah, that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I that. like that stuff. Yeah, but I really liked the. Um, I loved every time they would show uh, cave paintings of like Godzilla fighting Ghidorah. Yes. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Ghidorah, ancient enemies. Besides Godzilla, Ghidorah is by far my favorite monster. Let's stuff. let's talk about let's talk about Ghidorah. Ghidorah is effing cool. Because Ghidorah, um, they have a hard time finding things about Ghidorah. Like each monster has something has some basis in myth. Mm-hmm. Like they there are there are rumblings and mythology about each monster, but they you got can't. The, you got the they can't carving. find anything about Ghidorah, and they can't quite figure out why. Um, I know what you're about to say. You're going to talk about the Skull Island thing? Uh, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I, what I was going to... Because they show that image, but like that's different from... like They, they know that the thing exists, but they don't yeah. know... like There's like all this lore from people and everything about the other kaiju, and that's mm-hmm. what they're basing it on, is they don't have this, and then all of a sudden they do. It's mm. Chen, right? Yeah. She's just like, oh, I just... She literally says, I pieced this together. This is, this is why I... This is why I wish there had been like experts on the things, and it had been yeah. like someone trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of Ghidorah is that uh, and going to the idea that these creatures are millions of years old who have who are worshipped as gods, Ghidorah fell from the sky, mm-hmm. keeping his alien origins from the Showa era. Which Hell made yeah. me so happy. Um he fell from the Same. sky and he doesn't belong in our in our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Nope. He's not part of the natural order. So when he so when he's around, there's 
is hurricanes. He's destroying like he his very presence of existence on our earth is destroying the he earth. He creates a category six. Bro, this is Monster Hunter. The highest the elder dragons yeah. create storms around them. Yeah. yeah. The highest category we've ever recorded, the highest it goes in hurricane wise, is a category five. Yeah. They they, they think created, it's him. They, they don't created, think it's him at first. They created a category. He created category. That's some six. really some like disturbingly cool imagery yeah. it of is. just like a traveling thunderstorm. Yeah, like yeah. man, it looked even, really good. Or even seeing DC that wrecked. Oh man, DC got and bombed. and looking yeah. at yeah. and looking at the idea of these monsters each have a uh, kind of place in our in our ecosystem. Like they they look like they belong on this planet. They have a reference point of creatures that we've seen in either history or or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghidorah doesn't. Ghidorah's look alien baby is, is so unique from the from the from the world. Uh, and I really like how they do Ghidorah. Each head has its own personality. There's the I, my favorite head. I have a favorite head. It's the it's the, it's the right head. It's the right yeah. head who's licking people off the off the ground. And and the middle head's yeah. like stop that. <laughs> yeah. Who who grows back? Yeah. yeah. And that was insane God, seeing that. Godzilla, I was like, oh, this is my live-action Hercules. Yeah, seeing Godzilla <laughs> yeah. rip off Ghidorah's head was like, oh. And then seeing just grow back like a reptile, I'm like, oh. That was, that was unexpected. Tongue they, first. Yeah, and then, yeah, tongue first. And then when He's they, always licking something. And then when I said, like, yeah, Ghidorah fell from the sky, I'm like, they kept him as an alien. That makes sense. Aliens can do that weird shit. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I really like that they lean into the ability because of the technology they're using where they can make him more snake-like. Yeah. They they make his tails a little more like rattlers. Uh-huh. They have his heads move more like snake movements and they give him even kind of hissing noises. I, I really appreciate that because that's stuff you can't do with and the each head guy in a puppet kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, like, I just really liked how they, they really tried to utilize all the different things they can do because it's not a puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like... The last Godzilla movie I saw was Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, where Mecha, God, where Mecha King Ghidorah shows up. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, that, I don't know, as much as I love the Hasty Era films, that film was kind of hard for me to sit through. Oh, I love that movie. Um, I real, love these and seats, man. Real quick, <laughs> real quick. Um, when we were doing our, our review of, well, I guess it wasn't necessarily a review, a discussion of Godzilla the Monster Planet, you know, one of our biggest complaints were... Oh, no, it was a review. Okay, well, one of our biggest complaints was we were seeing Godzilla do the same thing. He's just lumbering. He's just lumbering Godzilla again. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Ryan saying that, uh, well, that's just Godzilla. That's what Godzilla does. Um, and to your, to to the point that uh, this is a good example of you have this different technology, you have the different medium to use this. You don't need to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just CGI Ghidorah with flapping heads, well, <laughs> yeah. stupid, like just <laughs> yeah. like he is in the show in the in the old movies. Like, <clears throat> silly. That's way that's useless. That's a waste of the technology. Mm-hmm. There is an anime that does that on purpose, but it's a comedic anime, so that's fine. Yeah. I'm into um, it. Y- yeah, this. The fact that they utilize it, man, I hate that anime series. Um, <laughs> that is the worst Godzilla thing. I will never watch the rest of that. I'll never anime. own it. It's so bad. Anyway, um, the the fact that they use so much to make these animals feel like animals and real is really great. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Ghidorah's posture is like a peacock. Yeah, it's really great. Ghidorah, the way when he like brings his wings out to try and intimidate Godzilla to try and make himself look bigger. I'm like, mm. man, this is just so cool. Like when, when uh, Rodan is like first unleashed. Uh, yeah. And oh, like, I... we see in the trailers, but like the wave yes. of his wings so brings good. people up so and they like die as they're twirling in the yeah, end. Like so that's great. some heinous shit, man. It's no, so even, cool to see that kind yeah, of effect. Even seeing Rodan kneel before Ghidorah and everyone yeah. realized that Ghidorah was, the king. when Ghidorah is like, and even uh, when Sarazawa says, Ghidorah and Godzilla have fought before. Apex. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. Ghidorah is is like Godzilla, an apex predator, uh-huh. uh, a species higher than the others, more powerful than the others. And since Ghidorah is an alien, and they said like it it's not natural to our ecosystem, uh, it causes all the titans to go crazy and just attack everything. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why when he was trapped in ice, it was perfect because mm-hmm. he was frozen and no one had to catch him. I was good. I said the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I honestly didn't care. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that got me sparks was when they dropped the oxygen destroyer and the fish started bubbling up, and you. Had to bring up the. That's a lot of fish. Yeah. Oh, I thought I heard someone say yeah, that. I so, so real, so real quick. Let's talk about the fact that the oxygen destroyers in this movie. Uh, this is a this is a weapon from the first Godzilla movie. Yes. Two seconds before we do that. Uh, how cool is it that we have a movie where Godzilla leaps out of the ocean to grab Ghidorah and pull him into the ocean? Yeah. That's never yeah. happened. That's awesome. And that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. Just like when they're traveling in on the argue Godzilla's like F you yeah. and it just brings Godzilla. So yeah, down. so the the oxygen destroyer is in this movie and it's yes, the it weapon was. that killed Godzilla in the original in the very first Godzilla movie. Yes. Um and and uh they they use it, the military use it, and uh, you get a little sense that the fish are dying mm-hmm. around, so they've been experimenting with it. Um and so when they uh, when they finally launch it and it looks like the oxygen destroyer. We also get masers in this movie, which is pretty great. Right. Um but showing the oxygen destroyer and it almost kills Godzilla. Right. It weakens mm-hmm. Godzilla severely. It doesn't kill Ghidorah at all. It doesn't hurt, harm Ghidorah at all because he doesn't. he's not part of this. Ghidorah just, just right. rises from the ocean like, well, nothing happened. Just grew a new head. Just kills all the yep. fish. Yep. Which um, I was okay with. Because, I mean, yeah, I know when people, like, if they're going to reference the original Godzilla film or even Godzilla versus Destroyer, they're like, oh, the oxygen destroyer kills everything. It's like, the Admiral does say it's a prototype. So it's not going to be 100% effective. Yeah. Right. So it still makes sense. but Well, also it's a little bit dumb in the original movie that it just disintegrates him, bones and all. Yeah. Oh, it just disintegrates him. Well, not bones. bones. Not bones. Not bones in Tokyo SOS, but the original was bones. But but not. It, it's bones. <laughs> they disintegrate the bones. It took everything in bones. In the very bones. original movie... This isn't important. In the 1954 movie, he is disintegrated down to the bone. It is gone. His, bo- his bone structure is gone. Mecha Ghostzilla. Ghostzilla. Yeah. It's crap. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Tokyo SOS doesn't It's like its spirit is taking it over. Yeah. Oh, but God. just the fact that they, like we were saying earlier, the director loved the source material. That's why he threw in the action. I didn't think I was going to hear the words oxygen destroyer in an American Yeah, it, it was cool to hear, like, we have a prototype bomb, the oxygen. I'm like, oh, nice, yeah. nice. And it even nice. kind of looks like the, an oxygen it, destroyer. It is designed to look like that. Yeah, yeah nice. like Which I was like, yeah, this is great. Right. And then, it, then we see Godzilla... Not oh, I love it. Godzilla got through a wormhole. Rick's whole thing. Rick's whole thing is like, come on, big guy. Come on, big guy. Yeah. They're trying to try to urge Godzilla and on. And seeing Ghidorah just not even. It's like, Psh, what's this gonna do, be a bitch? That just reminded me of a human thing I wanted to talk about. Sure, real quick. I guess uh, so. Kyle Chandler, mm-hmm. his character Mark. Oh, yeah, I you... don't like how constantly he flip flops about how he feels about Godzilla. Oh, mm-hmm. I wish yeah. they'd pick a lane specifically with that. at the beginning. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, like Godzilla's dead. He got your wish, and he's like, no, but no, I didn't really want him dead. I'm like, you gotta make up your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I especially, I especially didn't like how they never utilized directly the fact that he photographs animals and should have a more clear understanding and appreciation There's of Godzilla. That, that, one, no, I know what it is, it's just but, one but thing. I'm saying like, they didn't go for it. I, no, I know. And they just kept him on this line of like, I hate Godzilla, but he can be reasoned with, but I hate Godzilla. And it's like, th- this makes no sense, dude. Mm-hmm. Like pick a lane here. Um, Sarazawa goes to save Godzilla. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, first, th- first, oh, we can't launch the thing. Oh, we can't do it remotely. Someone's got to sacrifice themselves. That's, that's what we wrote. That's some Star Trek yeah. logic. I'll buy it. Bye-bye, Sarah's. I just wish... I, we talked about it earlier, but like, 
I didn't want both of them to go. Like yeah, I think right. I think it I think it ne- I think it negates Sally, both of it. Sally Hawkins shouldn't have died. Yeah. If she hadn't died, this would be a cool way for Sarazawa to go out. And I, I like I like him looking at the watch. I like him going up and touching Godzilla goodbye, and saying goodbye old friend, old friend I love Japanese. That. I yeah, I like how Sarazawa goes out a lot. He gets to he gets up close to Godzilla for the first time and he gets to say goodbye to him. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then he nukes his entire home. <laughs> I dislike that a lot. He just destroys like, Godzilla's home. Not just his home, but like this civilization that is like uh, that we have never seen before, possibly. So this is an entire civilization that's new to us well, that we can like. Well, remember, Rick records everything. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm also sure there's more. There's probably, probably more. but yeah. like because um, there there were um in the in the end credits there were newspapers that flashed that they found underground a uh, hollow earth civilizations. Okay. They found, they found cool. More okay. Cool. 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 So Godzilla. So but Godzilla. I, I, Godzilla I, I, is is juiced. Yeah, at this but, point, Godzilla's Brandon, ready to go. Brandon, I actually did have something to say because at first I did not want um, Ken Watanabe to die. Yeah. No, I don't want. It I to do like either. I do like his scene, but at the same time, it's like, can you just live? I still don't want him to be dead, but yeah. I like the scene. I would have liked him to be in the last it, one. It's weird. It's a catch twenty two because he's I, in Godzilla's mouth at the end. Just, <laughs> I survived. Yeah. No, it's a it's a weird catch twenty two because I get that someone had to detonate the bomb remotely, but I don't, I don't know. Just the way the way his final moment with Godzilla, great. The way he got up there, yeah. I don't like. I I feel like someone who has as much information and knowledge about Titans, like he should not be the person to die, especially about Godzilla. This because like he's like but the no, expert. But no other character was built well enough to be the person who did it. True. Ideally, it could have been like Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, if he his character had been handled right, it could have yeah. been him. One of the seven other characters who had nothing to do. <laughs> Although realistically, would have meant less. See the problem. Yeah. The problem is it had to have been Sarazawa. Yeah. yeah. But Sally Hawkins didn't need to die, yeah, or yeah. or they could have just not written a plot where someone needed to go up there. Yeah, and die they could have just, just dropped the, the bomb on him. I didn't. I didn't. I. He's like my probably my favorite character in this, and I'm like, I, I like that guy. I want him to continue. I want him to yeah. be my my Sam Jackson. And now it's. I I, now I agree. I agree. But I, however, I do like the plot. Yeah. I like how I like how he goes out. I yeah. like that whole thing. It's a great way. It's a great character beat. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that sours it for me, the only thing in and period end of end of end of thing is that Sally Hawkins died. Yeah. If Sally Hawkins didn't die, that moment would land a hundred percent better. I sure. Yes. But she did, so it doesn't work in this movie yeah. as well as it should. I, yeah. Um, I unfortunately, I agree. Yeah. So going back to when Godzilla is juiced and he is about to kick ass. And Rick, take even, Rick even says, "What Sarah Zaho juiced him." Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, uh, glowing Kai blue. Him. He's like, he's just radiating blue. He's about to explode. He's gonna explode. Looks great. Call back to Godzilla versus Destroyer. Mm. Burning Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Which I, I was kind of hoping to see. A I understand bit. why. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. I was, I was kind of hoping to see the when he does turn into Burning Godzilla after Mothra gives the, like the his life force, life force, and she and Godzilla's mm-hmm. glowing red. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping to see Godzilla like do his like straight atomic breath instead of atomic blast. Oh, his Superman shockwave attack. His Superman supernova. Yeah. 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 But at the same time. I was okay with it because I'm like, that's from Godzilla vs. Destroy. This is this is burning Godzilla. Yeah. I I love this because Godzilla vs. Destroy is one of my favorite Godzilla films. It's like it's like a catch twenty two for me because like I it's super cool that burning Godzilla's there, but he's there yeah. for like fifteen seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I kind of wish I wanted more, but it doesn't make sense because he's an atomic exploder. Well, the yet. the only the, the problem with burning Godzilla is that at at the point that Godzilla gets to that point, it, he's he is melting down. No, I, I and don't in, know. and to destroy it, he does die. Yeah. He yeah, does okay. die and his and his son absorbs the radiation and mutates into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And that's how that keeps going. Okay. But uh in this one he expels enough radiation to cool his his body down. Yeah. Almost like uh Shin. Yeah. yeah. I I I do wish it wasn't just a shockwave attack or whatever. Yeah. 
Like, because he, he just did it twice. I'm like, oh, okay. But the fight in Boston between him and Ghidorah... Disintegrates to so, to, to, uh, Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, but even when Rodan, when Mothra comes in to help and Rodan flies out of the clouds, I wasn't expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. I love that I mean, yes, there is a little too little... Rodan coming in for the kill. Well, there I do agree with Sparks. There's too little Mothra, but I'm not a, that big of a Mothra fan. I'm a Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see Godzilla fight Ghidorah. I got that. Rodan versus Mothra, great side fight. That's kind of like the, the the warm up fight before the main fight. Yeah, and I was I was fine with it. Even when Mothra, when Rodan had Mothra pinned up against the building, I'm like, no, don't kill Mothra like that. And then when Mothra stabs Rodan, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, I, I I'm glad they didn't kill. I mean, Mothra comes back because like with the egg. Yeah, like, the egg. I was really worried. There's like, oh man, are they just kill off it's all like these Mothra kaiju? Dies, I think Mothra. There dies will always those... be more Mothras. Yeah, doesn't yeah. Mothra die in every movie, anyways? Not every. Nope. Okay, but she, does she doesn't die in Godzilla Mothra, Godzilla Mothra Battle for Earth. I understand you, you know, don't like her, so it's uh, hard so to track. Here's, here's, so <laughs> this isn't an actual complaint. It just it was in my mind. Uh, the the end plot where all the monsters converge on Boston reminds me of Pacific Rim 2. Where all the monsters converge on, on, on a signal. So, yeah. I guess so. I mean, it's again, it's not <laughs> like... It's just it's funny like oh, I, mean, I kind of resent you for for, for Even bringing it, it to, a, to a worse movie. No, I know. <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, I like Pac Rim 2 a lot. Uh, I did too. I know. Um, this Boston made me remember another human thing. Uh, I don't like. I don't like how uh, the the force narrative of like, oh yeah, we moved to Boston for a while, which they drop a few times just to make sense of why Billy Bobby Bobby Brown has a place to go in Boston. Oh yeah, that was dumb. I think that I think the line is dumb and coincidental. To be fair, I think the line is we moved back to Boston. Um, they had lived there before. That's why Kyle Chandler has a very it is dumb and coincidental heavy Boston accent. Although Boston. Although side note, me being a Dodgers fan and seeing Fenway get wrecked is kind of vengeance for 20, 2018. That makes me happy. Sports vengeance. It's, real bad. it's, it's stupid. It's silly. I know, but you can feel your feels. That's fine. Go Dodgers. Shall we wrap up? Uh, when Godzilla comes out of the sea after being nuked up, it's real great because of the music. The oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a good way to end. And end. I think the music is incredible. The soundtrack is the best soundtrack to any Godzilla film. Period. Yeah. One hundred percent. I would agree. Oh, yeah. I one hundred percent think the best thing to come out of this movie, regardless of anything else, is the score. Yeah. yeah. I, I. I'm sure you, you've all heard me sing the praises of uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, mm-hmm. or GMK. I think the soundtrack is incredible. I think one of the best soundtracks of Godzilla is one of the best Godzilla soundtracks ever. Uh, this trumps that. This is the best Godzilla yeah. soundtrack. Uh, he- when we first listen to it, it has budget to be one yeah. of the best scores ever. Like when we first listened to like the like the Godzilla theme, like it's it's good, but we were listening to it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hearing it on IMAX and hearing like the Broly yells. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking so awesome, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like specifically like when the theme song is playing and Godzilla's doing his thing, I'm uh-huh. like, this is exactly why I come. Can we? I know it's impossible to have a two hour just this, but just can we? Can we just do? I could have. I could have done with about five to ten minutes more of that kind of feel in the film. Yeah. I when I first saw it, even today, what I loved about IMAX is I felt my seat vibrate with every Godzilla roar. It was nice. Every uh, single one. Oh, I we felt, get the classic roar. Yeah, we do, which is great. And every time when I first saw it, when I saw it yesterday, and when I saw it today with you guys, every time when he rises out of the oceans and you hear the dun 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 dun, and when he's finally facing off Ghidorah and you hear um, the the original theme, I'm like, this is just great we nailed first it. american godzilla to have their theme we finally yeah. freaking nailed Good it job, bear man bear mccreary does so much shit yeah. like yeah. tv and movies like that the dude doesn't like, and, video, and video, games. Games. video games yeah and he even does... the end credit like sorry to cut you off no, right, but the end credits i was singing in my seat 
along it's a good, with the Grant Scott a, sale, and it was perfect. It uh, was one of the end credits where I wasn't. I was like, I want to pay attention to the headlines because that's gonna be clues. The I, you guys saw the credits of all the monsters were themselves, right? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The the soundtrack is great. The sound mixing on this film is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The cinematography is very good. The oh. color palette is really strong uh-huh. and vibrant. I just wish that there were a few less dark shots. I yeah. don't. I understand that there is a plot device of the darkness because of Ghidorah bringing a storm. But I told Brandon this. It bums me out that there's never a single shot in this movie where I really see how golden bright Ghidorah is. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that I could. That I not a single that. shot yes. in this movie that that happens and that bums me out. Like I've seen that toy of this version, and he is a bright gold, and I do not see it in this movie. Yeah. It makes me wonder if that was a a actual choice to like keep the the, the vibrancy kind of down because like. Maybe how bright do you want to get it when you're trying to be like dark the, and gritty? Because there's a lot of really there. My two favorite shots of this movie is when the Argo's flying into King Ghidorah and you see him, you see his glowing the eyes of his three heads, yeah. sure being menacing. Mm-hmm. And also in the the second one is the fight in Boston where you see Godzilla's reflection on the building and King Ghidorah. That's like, an awesome shot. And, God, King, and Ghidorah looks up, and goes, "Oh shit!" That's a great shot. Yeah, yeah. And Mothra comes in for the save. Yep. But yeah, that 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 was a. Uh, I think that the shots are really well lined up. I oh, think mostly the yeah. colors are very vibrant. I like the way that they make Rodan uh, this very distinct red color palette. Yeah. Ghidorah has his, Godzilla has his blue, and Mothra has her vibrant bright light. Uh-huh. That really works. I, I also, just wish that I could yeah. see more of them in actual light. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, that. That is the thing that I do feel is detracted out of this movie mm-hmm. because all the old monster movies, yes, they're dudes in suits, but you can also see all their colors. They're in the daytime most of the time yeah mm-hmm. so you can see all these colors and everything i just wish we had a little bit more of that somewhere in this yeah, movie i can agree with that um uh, yeah that, that's a little lacking on my on, in my opinion the uh the the credits had a uh i believe it was the first the first actor to be in the godzilla suit he passed away yeah and that yes. was him that's that was that's him. a really yes. nice little yeah, like that was really awesome thanks for being godzilla my the, man there was also was there also another godzilla roar at the end of that because i thought i heard one no i don't believe i so. don't Never think mind. so um there's a bunch of kaiju teased up in this movie like 17. not not like visually but like that they're around yeah. yeah um we get one that may or may not be kamunga because who knows so but, but it's a giant spider so i'm gonna say it's kamunga is that mastodon new yes yes okay, okay yeah and kinda... another muto who i really didn't need i yeah. honestly thought for a second it was muto prime i was, I was really... like wait didn't he did it would need like more orange, orange stuff yeah. and all that actually one of my complaints is that when they're looking at all the other when all the other kaiju are rising we don't see them i i get that there's like legal issues with uh toho but I, 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 I it would have been nice. I agree. I, I would. Sorry, go on. I, th- I think one of the things is like they they can't tease you too hard because if right. it was like, oh look, it's Guy Gan and it's Megalon, it's all these guys. Like, yeah. wow, I want to see that movie. I was a, I, I'm I'm gonna be seeing a Brandon here. I was hoping for Angerus. Yeah, Same. I was hoping for Angerus lookalike. Oh no, I wasn't hoping for Angerus in this movie. I'm hoping no, no, for Angerus down the line. I was hoping for Angerus lookalike. I so I, 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 I see. I, I said I said I believe that the reason why we don't see all seventeen kaiju. Is because they want to leave it open for the idea that Toho could fill in the fill in the gaps with yeah. if they ever le- if they ever finally let go of the rights because getting them to let go of the rights for for these three was difficult yeah. especially after ninety eight man oh yeah yeah so but, doing so doing anything and we, I've told you guys before the the rights issues for for Godzilla are numerous uh-huh. like most of those film all those films are not owned by 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 all those films are owned by different people in America. Uh, Godzilla is the only thing they they lease out, and they don't even lease out the roar or the theme. They only the only the character look. Mm-hmm. So you have to go. It's more money to get the roar. It's more money to get the theme. It's more money to get each different monster. I guess they like that 2014 enough to be like, all right, 
You can have them. Yeah. Yeah. You can have it. And I mean, yeah, they gotta give them a good pitch. But yeah. I do like the tease of Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, I just I just wish the end credit. I wish the uh, end credit scene was uh, a tease for it. I was gonna say uh, the well, we don't know that it isn't. Uh, I was gonna say that I wish. Uh, I think that the simple way to handle this was just to have less than seventeen. Yeah, I didn't need seventeen that I'm not gonna see. Yeah, it's weird that I don't see more of all these kaiju and these things happening in this movie. If it's so so much a big event around the world, we're not seeing enough of it. Uh, the fact that I only see like three other dudes is not enough. I think you could have just cut down the number. There can always be more kaiju. It's not hard. There can always be more. Um, Let's get out of here, shall we? I really like the last shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Godzilla roaring in front of all of them. Yeah. It's yeah. actually really similar to the end of Godzilla vs. Destroyer with the way they backlight him. Yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about the, end, the post-credit scene. Uh, the game is on. Dog. The game is on. <laughs> Do we think... Uh, the, credits, the credits does have the Kong Godzilla tease up of yeah. on the cave painting. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that one. I'm sorry. I meant the, the Charles Dance one. With, no, I know. Ghidorah head. Uh, do we think that is uh, Mecha Ghidorah? Do we think that's a Destroyer? Do we think that's a... What do we think? Because no. that's clearly set up. Clearly okay. set up. I what are they I doing? When I first saw it, my know. thought was it could be a lead into Mecha Ghidorah. I, I don't think you could do that. I don't think you can. But you can't but, do Mecha Godzilla, but, right? I mean, you can't do you can't like, do mecha anything in this franchise. But why show a dead head symbolizing like rejuvenation, like bringing something back to life? You know what I mean? Like because, they, they they set it up, even if we don't want that. You I'm know what I mean? I'm thinking it's going to be Destroyer. I want that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's Destroyer because obviously that was the same place because it was the same place where they dropped the oxygen destroyer and Destroyer, the monster in the original Hasty era film, became Destroyer because of the oxygen. Destroyer. Well, what about what about what about this? Perhaps there's a way that perhaps Charles Dance could plotty plotty. Uh, a way to uh, uh, re-energize the head, and it could grow a body back. It, oh, just it, be Ghidorah again. Just be Ghidorah again. It could. I, I, I think that would be fine. But I think in terms of blockbuster movies, you have to up the scale, or like people won't care. See, now I've always, I've always been against the idea of upping the scale. Well, no, I don't, I don't think you, we. Don't. I don't think you have to do that. I, no, I know we, we don't. But I think in terms of having a third trilogy final movie mm-hmm. you can't just have the same bad guy again you as far I mean? although although as of now the final movie in this franchise is Kong vs. Godzilla Ghidorah yeah, yeah. is revived and flies back into space grabs Gigan and comes back now you're talking I just want Gigan <laughs> uh, alright so let's let's wrap it up, uh, wrap right. it up. so uh, uh, Sparks we'll go to you final thoughts uh, yeah I really enjoyed it um, I I think that where the human stuff falls short for me oh man we didn't even talk about like how their plot was the rejuvenation of the Earth through the radiation oh, they're energy they leave behind. They're eco-terrorists, yeah. Oh, it's basically like a Thanos plot. Yeah. Like, destroy the world so we'll regrow. It's fine. Uh, that was a little weird for me, that that plot point. Uh, sure. I think I have a problem with when you put forth this idea of what's something that's actually a prevalent problem in our life, which is climate change and everything, and you put it forth and it's like, this will solve the problem. And I'm like, cool, I actually don't have a reason to root against these bad guys because it would solve a problem that's real and nobody else has a solution in this film. Yeah. It's the Sam Jackson thing, Kingsman. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah. I don't I don't like when the good guys who are trying to stop the bad thing don't have a proper like, well this is why we shouldn't allow this to happen because we could fix it this other it's way. It's only co- it's only because King Ghidorah is a monster is from an alien space. from space that they decide, "Oh, we messed up." Yeah, so like if it was just Godzilla and all these guys like what if this was a good thing and they're the bad guys? Right. That would be a fun story to actually show. Sure. But because Ghidorah showed up and he unleashed all the monsters all at once and they just all they let him loose on a rampage, then it's like, "Oh, we messed Battle up." Battle Royale. Final thoughts. Uh yeah, uh, villain's stuff is lame. Vera Flamingo's phoning it in, and that sucks. 
Um, I wish that uh, the human stuff had been handled a little better. When you have this big of a cast, you should just distribute all your responsibilities and priorities, make them actual characters better. Because um, it was close. It was close, but it wasn't there. Uh, the monster stuff was really awesome. Visually, it's really great. I wish that there had been a little bit more of it in this movie. Could have done with a little more of it. Uh, 8.5? 8.5, cool. Ryan? Yes, I uh, I echo what Spark said already. Like, uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the human stuff, but, you know, we come here for the Godzilla stuff, and that stuff was truly exceptional and really, really fun. It's where I go to the movies, especially IMAX. Go see this movie on the biggest screen if you do want to see it. Um, I wish the human stuff didn't bother me as much, but, like, I... I just can't. I can't turn that part off. I wish I could. Uh, I I'd, I'd give this like a seven point five. Like it's definitely the coolest Godzilla like battles. Like we are at a point where the CGI we can do whatever we want. Uh, I will fast forward through half this movie and watch the end. I like it. Seven point five. Ben, hail to the king. Is that your final thoughts? Nine, nine, nine. solid nine. I love this movie. Nine. The fights were great. Everything I wanted in twenty fourteen that I wanted twenty fourteen and didn't get, I got in this movie. The human stuff does not bother me. The fights, like, even one of my favorite parts is when Rodan's trying to challenge Godzilla, and Godzilla's like, bow, bitch. He just bows. It's like, yeah, that's right. You bow to him. Godzilla is just, he's just great. I love this movie. See it on the biggest screen possible. Nine. Yeah, I um, echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, though I was on board for the for half of the human. Uh, I was going to say, line. do you? I don't think you echo all of us. <laughs> no, I, echo, I, I but I do echo a lot of it. Um so I think uh, I think we're comfortable with an eight. Solid eight out of ten. Eight out of ten Godzukis. Um, wow. Four out of ten Manilas. Wow. <laughs> Stop it right there. <laughs> um, all right, so that'll do it for us uh, this week. Uh, we are we did this out of order. So our book club Weird. our book club next week sparks. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Light Brigade by Peter Tomasi. Light Brigade. So check that out. That's part of the the like the new. Uh, like a uh, uh, imprint, right? Or no. DC? Is that no, just this is, is this an creator? older comic? Oh, it's an older. Oh, I'm thinking something else. Hmm. All right, so next week, uh, strap in is Dark Phoenix. Oh, it oh is it? Oh wow. man, I'm really excited, guys. I'm so ready for the X Men to be over. Are you not? I'm so ready. I, I'm I'm telling you, man. I'm this is bittersweet for me. Yeah. I I like the X Men franchise. I'm sad, I'm gonna be sad to see it go. I like a, 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 some of the movies. Yeah, I, I like, like eight of those movies. Yeah. I like a few of those movies. Yeah. Everybody's allowed to make choices and have opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so Dark Phoenix. Also, Ken Knapsack will be joining us for a review of his book, Why We Love Star Wars. Next week? Next week. Hey, dog. Yeah. We're busy. Um, we are very busy. And uh, we have some stuff on YouTube. We got uh, Basement Arcade going. Heck and, yeah, episode uh, six came up this week, seven next week. And uh, we have um, a Fake Nerd Watch coming back this week with Swamp Thing. Hell yeah. Yes. Probably going to record that tonight. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, are we? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. After the way you said that. Okay. And uh, and we got a uh, probably some more archive episodes up eventually. Uh, Working on it. Basement Arcade special will be up this week. Right. Our Latin review special went up. Nice on video. Um. All right. So that'll that'll be that. If uh, as you guys know, we are Funko affiliates. So click the affiliate link in our description. Uh, and use the promo code Chop Ten for ten percent off your purchase. Hell yeah. Uh, we are a part of Pave Media. Uh, check out pavemedia.net for more podcasts, uh, f- for some great fun podcasts like Let's Get Contextual, Batman vs. the World, uh, Beg to Differ, Beyond the Box Set, good stuff, good stuff all around. Uh, check out our Patreon and our Public, both linked below. Uh, always be on the lookout for sales for our Public guys. I bought a lot of the stuff. They happen there. randomly. 
It happened very randomly. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for our uh, uh, theme tunes and uh, intro musics. Uh, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Still trying to get several proctologists back up on, up on the air, but once it is back up, check that one out. Um, thank you to Mike Matola, who will be on the show soon. I want that yeah. a date, so he's coming back. I so wish that he was on the X-Men episode. It's a shame. I couldn't make it work. I know, I get it. Um, I want to do like a whole X-Men film like rewatch <laughs> breakdown. Oh man, <laughs> we could do this. We could just try and do a special. What, like we'll like the week that he's coming. Yeah, there's we'll, so much going on. Yeah, we'll we'll, see. we'll try. We'll we'll see what we can do. Uh, you can find, you can find him at Mike Matola. Uh, for all the stu- all the most of the merchandise, all the merchandise right now is uh, his design. He's uh, great. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, ben, where are you? Ben Maddox 27 on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks? Sparks Witty on Instagram, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? Mortal Kombat 11's first batch of DLC characters was announced. It's Shang Sun, Nightwolf, Sindel, and Todd McFarlane Spawn. Rumors that Ash from The Evil Dead and Terminator are coming up next. I'm at DJ Tony Snow. Oh. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, <laughs> TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Great review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. Ah! Screonk indeed. <laughs>